Bah, 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 bah. All I hear is ball, so I got a ball. All I do is win, but I had to fall the best part. Was getting up again, ball, ball, ball. All I hear is ball, so I got a ball. All I do is win, but I had to fall the best part. Was getting up again, waking up again, cause I was how with friends. We be Arctic in a frying pan. What's important, man? You want foil, man? Illuminate and then distorted, man. I'm submerging in, it's a fact. Off the bench from the west side, for the west side, high echelon. Serving them like restaurants. Hey, same, same. We are not the same. Same, same, 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 we are not the same. Fuck it, let's kick the episode off. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 30 of the ISO podcast. I am your host, Trey Crowder, and I got a guest in here with me today. Y'all hear me mention him oftentimes in this podcast because typically that's like the number one person I talk basketball with. He think he know everything, but he don't know shit. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself. This is my boy, RJ. Say something to the people Yo. one time. What up? What up? This is RJ. Um, here to you know, talk some hoops. It's cool that we're finally making this happen. It's, it, it sucks that when this was originally planned out a few months ago, we envisioned this shit happening in Las Vegas. It's supposed to be around the summer league, remember? Yeah, yeah, we're supposed to be in Vegas, uh, chopping it up, checking out uh, some of the top prospects, Melo, uh, Anthony Edwards, James Wyman. We're supposed to, I'm pretty sure one of them would have set out summer league for some reason. Like yeah, all the top candidates do, but for sure, definitely <laughs> supposed to be out there turning up at a little beach party, day party type shit. <laughs> One hundred. But you know, it is what it is. Niggas is, you know, turning up on their balconies and shit. For real, we're gonna make it happen though. It's gonna be a solid episode. We got a lot of shit to discuss because basketball is back. But uh, first and foremost, we're gonna go ahead and kick it off with the uh, birthday shout out. So, I got RJ's favorite player first, Damari Carroll. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> <her>. <laughs> He turned 34. DeMar, is he still in the league? DeMar is still in the league. He on uh, Houston. He is on the Rockets. He got signed. I, I haven't seen him play there yet, though. Yeah, he, he, don't, he don't play much. <laughs> well, anyway, happy birthday to Damari Carroll. He just turned 34 over the weekend. Uh, happy birthday and prayers, man, to Delonte West. Uh, he just turned 37. Why you laugh? <laughs> <laughs> West, man. He's else. Yeah, man. Prayers to Delonte West. Hopefully, he can enjoy that 37th birthday. Because last time we seen him on social media, he was getting his head kicked in. I didn't want to believe it was him, but once you start looking at that footage, he was still kind of like six three two. I'm like, yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah, that was him for sure. <laughs> next up, next up, we got a uh, John Barry. John Barry just turned 51. Old school shooter. Brad Wanamaker just turned 31. Brad Wanamaker, I don't know how he slipped into the league, but he kind of solid for the Celtics. Yeah, he, he do his job for sure. Like he definitely a role player. He knocked down an open three, good free throw shooter, solid defender. Uh, 
I used to watch him at Pittsburgh, and I feel like that was like Dewan Blair day. Yeah, I feel like that yeah. was a long time ago. So the fact that he in the league and like a rookie, this shit weird. <laughs> yeah. But ha- crazy. Happy birthday to Brad Wanamaker. He's an important piece for the Boston Celtics. Uh, we got a Hall of Famer on here. Happy uh, birthday to Nate Thurman. He passed away, but he would have been 79. Um, you ever catch some of his games? That's that's past my uh, my basketball history. Yeah, Big Nate, you know, he's about 79. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I ain't got no footage in my memory bank. <laughs> yeah, but he a Hall of Famer. Hey, you brought it up. You said, you said hey, I know something about this dude, though. Ray for Austin, skip to my Lou. He just turned 44. He an old head now. What's your, what, when you think skip to my loop, what comes to your mind first? And one. Yeah. Street ball. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I, I didn't even, I, I think he was in the NBA prior to me watching him on uh, and one. Uh-huh. Like, the little summer show that they had. And uh, when I see him in the NBA, I'm like, oh, shit. But, like, he had a career before, and I guess he just ventured off into the street ball scene and then came back. I mean, although he was a street baller, like, his whole time. I know he went to Fresno State. Yeah. He just, I, well, the funny thing is, I think that's what most people would think, like, because he's, like, one of the pioneers in and one. But when I think of him, I think of the, was that the Eastern Conference Finals when uh, <laughs> Eddie House was going <laughs> off and he slapped yeah. the shit out of him in the back of his head? <laughs> that nigga hold the headband did a fucking 360 <laughs> He slapped the shit out of Eddie. But, uh, yeah, happy birthday to Skip to my Lou. Uh, Rick Fox, I, I probably remember him now for acting in basketball. Yeah, I mean he was on the Lakers. He was he was a pretty like big size. Like he was like what six eight six six eight yeah tall. six eight six nine. Like I don't remember him Nine-nine doing much two. though. Like on the court, other than I mean he knocked down a couple open threes and you know he tried to be tough. He got punched out a couple of times. <laughs> in the head like a couple of times. Doug Christie. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, that, Doug gave him the business, and then, you know what I'm saying, that he went around back and still got lit up. <laughs> he chased his ass out the arena. <laughs> yeah, like, Rick embarrassed himself that day. Yeah, no, nah, but with Rick Fox, he, and it's funny because with the Lakers, that's like one of the organizations where, like, if you're a middle-of-the-road player and you kind of been bouncing from team to team, kind of like a Deion Waiters or a J.R. Smith, that's like the perfect organization to go to because if you just hit a couple big shots, you'll be remembered in Laker history as, like, one of the the – one of the winners, really, when you didn't do much. Like, Devin George is another one of those guys who just gets lumped into that mix with Kobe Bryant. It's a lot of those cats that didn't really do much, but if you just did what you were supposed to and didn't fuck up, like, you can go down with, with the history of, like, the greats. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, your, your, your fan base going to go up, everything. Like, you know what I mean? People notice you, and then, like, all the ticks in L.A. be like, oh, who is this on the team? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> And there's so many young players, once they go there, they, they kind of they, they get recognized and then they'll branch off and go get a big contract. I think even if it don't work out for you in L.A., like you've even seen like some of the guys have success after because I think it makes you into like a different player having to maintain that pressure and that spotlight. Yeah, there's a couple people that done, done, done banked on uh, playing in the Lakers and cashed out on other teams and then <laughs> give <them> no production. <laughs> facts, facts. Uh, Evan George did nothing in Golden State. Nothing. <laughs> Rony Turia. Bums. <laughs> yeah. But uh, got a couple more on here. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that wrong, but sharpshooter for the 76ers. He just turned 23. He looked like he like 43. I thought he was way older than that. Yeah, he he is he is, he is a weird dude. I see him on um, Matisse Matisse Thibault. Uh, 
bubble vlog and he was like on some weird shit. <laughs> he just ain't got no no personality or what? Nah, he like he was just yeah, he ain't got no personality. It was it was weird. Like, <laughs> Nigga yeah, got he, fans feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't get I wouldn't even have put him on my my blog. I would have edited that shit out. <laughs> Matisse Tybull, too, he he caught a body the other day. I didn't know he had that in him. We was at work looking at it. I saw the highlight. I'm like, I ain't I ain't never seen him jump like that. I didn't know he had it. Yeah, Matisse, Matisse nice, though. He, he be on the defense. Yeah. He can hit some open jumpers. Like, he a good player. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? He matured. College benefited him. Was he a three-year or two, four-year? I, I want to say he did four at Washington. I think he did four. Hey, he's solid. Yeah, he, he nice. If you look at his fucking Washington defensive numbers, that shit look like 2K. He averaged like two or three blocks and like three steals or some crazy shit. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, bro, bro, nice. He elite on the defensive side. Next, next birthday shout out. So I'm gonna break your. I'm a. I'm a give you one of your favorite players, and I want you to tell me what you think is next for this guy, Kyle Kuzma. He just turned 25. So y'all still is one of y'all young bright pieces that y'all decided to stick with. What's what's the future for Kyle, and and what what's in store? Uh, I mean, honestly, um, I think. I think he's a good player. I think, you know, uh, there's a lot of expectations for him that LeBron and Anthony Davis probably put on him and he put on himself talking about he's going to be the third dude. Uh, the minutes, not really, you know, where he imagined it would be. But um, I definitely think uh, he got some talent. He can shoot. He's really confident. He's just not a really good defender, but he tries. Um, I don't really see him being on the Lakers after after next year because I don't yeah. really see them extending him. Yeah. I feel like he's going to try to go for the bag and he can go get it from like Charlotte or Atlanta or something. So I don't really see him being a Laker alone because I feel like the Lakers are going to try to make a move to get that 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 wing or that that Robin or that Batman yeah. for Anthony Davis as LeBron is on his way out. Like LeBron probably, I see like I see LeBron uh, maybe like taking like a lesser deal just to stay on the Lakers to end his career. Mm-hmm. And they go after somebody like a Damian Lillard or a uh, Bradley Bill. You know, they, they're going to try to get that third guy so that Anthony Davis is, like, set up. Because, like, right now, I see Anthony Davis signing, like, a two-year deal match on LeBron for those last two years. So it's going to be, like, a one-year player option opt-out type shit. He's going to mm-hmm. play that game until they make a move. That's what I'm seeing. So, I mean, that's what I feel that's going to happen. I don't really see him signing a four-year extension or anything like that. So, Market and Stone, RJ is saying Kyle Kuzma days are numbered in Los Angeles. <laughs> I remember, but I mean, you you always was, I think you and I both were more like in favor of B.I. when they were kind of like looking at their ceilings and what they can offer. Because I think B.I. just needed to get that confidence. And I think he needed to like have an offense that really believed in him to like let him really control shit. And that's what the Pelicans allowed him to do. So it, Cause when he played, I, I think he averaged still like seventeen the last year with y'all, right? Seventeen, eighteen, I think it was. Yeah, he was eighteen. He was the second leading scorer tied Kuzma because uh, he had some big games to end the season. Yeah, so but here, I mean, for sure, he, he definitely uh, a lot more talented. Like, I mean, if you just watch basketball, you can tell like Kuzma can't really create his own shot like that. I mean, he's he's gotten better at it, but Brandon Ingram just got like a, a different skill set that you know he was playing point guard at six nine when Lonzo was out. So like, yeah, you know, Kuzma be able to do that. Yeah, nah, I agree. Super versatile. All right, man, let's move on to the last birthday shout-out. Last birthday shout-out of the day we got is Carl Malone, another Hall of Famer. Uh, he just turned 57, so happy birthday to those fellas. Get them a round of applause. All right, let's go ahead and move on to some NBA news. So we'll just go ahead and recap some of the games from yesterday. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers, your squad, they took on the Orlando Magic. Kyle Kuzma, 
His name keeps going off. He dropped 25 in that game. I actually caught a little bit of it. He was going off. He had a lot yeah, of good shots. <clears throat> yeah, he was, he was going off, for sure. Like uh, He looked real confident in his jumper. He wasn't thinking about it, and I feel like, you know, you, we might see a lot of that from different players without the fans. Yeah, that's that's the Kyle Kuzma that I think the Lakers was was hoping they'd see, like, obviously more often. But I, I think if if he could come back in this second half of the season and, and play like that and just play free and, and be that third guy for them, he could get a bag somewhere. Yeah, for sure. He, he, he definitely getting a bag. Like, it's just not going to be from the Lakers. Like, I don't see it. Unless he really want to stay in L.A. But, I mean, I feel like a player like him going to go for the money. You know, you know what I was thinking, too? In, in that same game, the Orlando Magic, I feel like a lot of their players should be better than they are at this stage of their career. Like, Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba. Uh, like, I feel like they just didn't get much better. Like, Isaac is getting better. I see him progressing. But he seemed to be, like, the only possible gem out of their recent high draft picks. Hopefully, Markel Fultz become the player I think he can be. But if he don't, then you trade it for him, and he didn't work out, too. Like, they said they still back. Yeah, for sure. And that injury to Jonathan Isaac kind of, like, you know, it, it, it hurt his um, – I think it hurt his uh, improvement or the improvement that we would have seen because, like, you know, he played, like, what, was he 20 games in or something like that? Yeah, it, it wasn't that much. Yeah, the game experience is definitely needed for a young player, so I feel like that's going to kind of set him back a little bit as far as uh, the, the timetable for, like, him, you know, progressing as a player. So, yeah. you know, it's a step back for him, for sure. Like, he need that in-game experience. I agree. I agree. But, man, hopefully they can figure that shit out because Mo Bamba, man, he looking real. I ain't heard shit about him since the song cooled off. That's the last yeah. we heard of Mo Bamba. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he showing some bust potential. Yeah, sure. he looking. <laughs> hey, he, he waiting at the stop right now for that bust. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. He so, moving on to the next game, Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they knocked off the uh, Sacramento Kings 131 to 123. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks moved to two and zero so far in the scrimmages. It's only they're only gonna play three out. Yeah, it's three, right? Yeah, three scrimmages. Yeah, three scrimmages. So they they probably about to go undefeated. They I, they I feel like they take every game seriously. Every time I watch the Bucks, they act like it's the championship. They I think that loss to the Celtics last year kind of lit a fire under them that I think a lot of people are not anticipating. Yeah, I think I texted you one day when I watched the game, and and they don't take no games off, no, no. days off, no off. Like they go hard, so. I respect that. It's funny, too, because when you watch the games, it looks like the Summer League, and then you see Giannis coming down full speed, like, oh, he <laughs> ain't shit Summer League about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah niggas, niggas can't stop Giannis, man. It's crazy. Like, and then uh, one thing I was going to say, too, I forgot to mention, the Los Angeles Lakers record, they moved to 1-1 one and one, um, in the exhibition so far, and the Orlando Magic dropped to 0-2. And, and then the uh, Milwaukee Bucks moved to 2-0, and the Sacramento Kings dropped to 0-2. And then for the third game of last night, we had the Miami Heat. They lost a narrow one to the Utah Jazz, 99-101. to Both teams moved to 1-1. Gobert led the way in that game with 21 points. That's probably like the most points he'll ever score. You'll never get a 30-piece out of Gobert. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> <He's gonna get laughs> 29 would be the max. <laughs> and then um, for the Brooklyn Nets, they moved to 1-1 after getting their first victory. Karis LeVert went off. He had 27 points in that game as the Brooklyn Nets knocked off the San Antonio Spurs, 124-119. to Spurs looking bad. They 0-2 so far. And they really playing, like, with their top guys because LaMarcus Aldridge is out. DeMar DeRozan look like he out there with a bunch of G League players. 
<laughs> the Spurs trash. But like, I mean, just, I don't mean to get off topic here, but like, no, nah, go ahead. Uh, we we might get a thirty piece out of uh, Gobert if he was teamed up with LeBron or, or Ben Simmons. They just make the yeah, game so much easier. I agree. For players for bigs, so he he he'll get a thirty piece with them. But anybody else, I don't really see it happen. Because he can finish if you if you can feed him there, he could he could finish the bucket. Like he ain't gonna fuck that up. He shoot it. It's fucking seventy percent every year. Yeah, Brown would get him a bunch of easy looks if he was on on the Lakers, or Ben Simmons would get him a bunch of easy looks. Like them dudes, like they elite with the passing and yeah. playing for sure. I think they're the best. No, I agree with that. Uh, just two more games from last night to go to go through. Uh, Los Angeles Clippers, they moved to two and zero. They knocked off the uh, Washington Wizards one hundred five to one hundred. Patrick Patterson led the way in that game with sixteen points. <laughs> and then uh, last game of the night. My squad took our first L to exhibition. We look bad, but you know we got some bright spots in that game. We've been talking about it <laughs> via text, bo bo. Man, yeah. we got the steal. <laughs> yeah, y'all y'all got a couple steals. Shit, y'all got y'all y'all team is uh got some of the the best scouting department for sure. Yeah. Like y'all scouting department is OD. Y'all going crazy right now. I wish we would have uh, been able to keep uh, Beasley. Beasley went to Minnesota and averaged like twenty uh, in like a few games with them. Yeah, yeah. I actually started the season with Minnesota in two K, and he he be going off. <laughs> yeah, he 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 nice. You know what I'm saying? He a nice player. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he, uh, he he made the improvements. I feel like they development they development um, coaches and stuff like that is elite too. Like, yeah, it's a lot of development coming up out of there. <laughs> um, the scouting is amazing. Like y'all on y'all way for sure. Yeah, even like. I like even the pickups we've been making. Like, Jeremy Grant, I feel like that was a real, real good pickup for us. Like, he's somebody that you can just plug in, especially on a playoff team, and he's just going to do what he needs to do. For sure. For sure. He attacked. He always attacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, he developed in a jumper. You know what I'm saying? He elite defensively, like, on the help side, for sure. Yep. I would say, as far as man up, you know, he, you know, he ain't really stopping nobody. Yeah. But that <laughs> That's when the, the athleticism is what he rely on in them instances. Yeah, for sure. But in that game, New Orleans Pelicans actually came out victorious. They knocked us off 119-104. to 104. They moved to 2-0 so far in these exhibitions, and we dropped to 1-1. Nikhil Alexander-Walker led the way for them in that game. I think he had 21. And what's his name went off for us again? Troy Daniels. He dropped 28, even though we lost. Yeah, I was like, damn. <laughs> and he got mad of all them, uh, them shits you be sending me in my DM talking about how, how much of a bum he is. Yeah, he he wildin'. He wild. He, he, uh... Yeah, different type of character. I don't know if it, I don't know if it was you or my boy Eric that was telling me like that was laughing when we picked up Troy Daniels. Was it you? Nah, nah. I, I, I was kind of messed up. Like I was like, damn. Like you know, what I'm saying I was I was I felt the way when we let him go because I felt like he was an elite shooter. But um, I don't think I made fun of it. Okay, okay. I probably, I probably did though. I probably <laughs> did. My <laughs> boy, if y'all don't know too, just to everybody listening, RJ is like the biggest hater of all time. Like, <laughs> if if you're not top five in your respective amateurism, pro level, whatever level you're in, if you're not top five, you're trash. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I, I, I just keep it real, you know what I mean? I, I'm not, I, I wouldn't call it hating, I'm just keeping it real. That's all it is. Next time you come on here, I'm going a, I'm to a make a segment to where I'm just going to pick players that are like middle of the road players and I'm going to have you judge them to say if they trash or not. <laughs> <laughs> I actually sound pretty solid. That's going to be funny. You're going to pick the worst players. No, I'm not. I'm going to pick players like Karis LeVert. What do you think about him? 
make no mistake, all these dudes is elite. They in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just talking about the production that we see as far as like in comparison to their peers. Yeah, for sure. That's that's the only way it's trash. Cause these dudes elite. They watch me any day of the week. Let's let that be known. <laughs> but Karis LeBert, elite scorer, bag is deep. Uh, he got crazy moves. Uh, he got counter moves for everything. Uh, finishing ability. Finishing ability is off the charts. Like I feel like he got up and under scoops, yeah. reverses. Uh, he got like good English on the ball. He he's solid. He's okay. Really- that actually surprised me. I thought you was going to call him a bum. I thought oh, you was no, just going to no. say he had a couple good games. I mean, I, I, I keep it real, bro. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't be hating like that. You know what I'm <laughs> that shit is funny. I, I think with, um, with, with him, though, he just – I think if he was in a situation where he had the ball more, too, he would flourish a lot more. For sure. It's, 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 a, it's harder. Like, you see him and Dinwiddie, you know, when they, when they are, like, the first or second option, uh-huh. they go off because they, they, they pretty – like I said, they elite. Their bag is deep on offense. Um, they elite scorers for sure. Definitely, definitely. Uh, well, look, let's go ahead and transition to some more NBA news. So, uh, New York Knicks, they're looking for a solution, and they think they found it. Uh, they have finalized a five-year deal with Tom Thibodeau to be their next head coach. The Knicks just finished the season. They didn't make it to the playoff bubble because they didn't qualify with a record of 21-45. and 45. What do you think about this move for the Knicks? Uh, I think uh, I think it's a good move. You know what I mean? I feel like they need some discipline, probably. Uh, I feel like he's a disciplinary coach. Uh, he holds players accountable. And, like, if you're not meeting the standards, you're not going to play. Uh, it's just simple as that. Um, but on another note, I, I, I seen a tweet that went viral uh, <laughs> talking about Thibs. Uh He, he uh, challenged he challenged Jay Crowder to a fight. And uh, Jay Crowder quoted the tweet, and, you know, he was like, I'm looking forward to, you know, going c- competing against you. And the tweet went viral. So I didn't even know that happened, but that was pretty funny. Like, he, he told him, he said, let's go to the back, motherfucker. So, Dibs a real one. So, like, I mean, he ain't going to tolerate that bullshit that's going on in New York right now. So Dibs carry himself like a mafia cool. boss. Yeah, he do. <laughs> yeah, so that's a great pickup. Great pickup. They're they making the right moves right now. Yeah. Front I- office, you know what I'm saying? I agree. I mean, they need to sell the franchise, but, I mean, they're not going to do that. <laughs> said they're doing all right. They need to sell the shit, but they they moving in the right direction. Like I said, I, I'm being real. I think with, with fucking Frank Nilakina and Dennis Smith Jr. not being the, the, a fraction of who they were supposed to be, I think that set them back a few years. Like, these teams that have multiple lottery picks... It could be like a gift and a curse because if you're drafting well, then, yeah, you're turning it around like how OKC did when they drafted KD, Jeff Green, Russell Westbrook. But if you drafting and these players ain't panning out, you fucking yourself up for, like, the next five years, like, unless you just land a big trade. But if these players ain't panning out, you don't even have no assets to acquire nobody. I just feel like some of these owners don't really think about stuff, and they, they probably hire, like, friends or friends, and they don't really do their due diligence as far as, like, hiring the proper talent to evaluate the players that they about to draft. Like, cause Frank, Frank, Frank is a good player. Like yeah. he's a good defender. Uh-huh. The New York Knicks students, they love him. Uh, cause he played hard on defense. Yeah, you know he, I mean? he just not, he just not elite offense, but like, that's just not a player that you pick in the top 10. Like, you know, nah. probably a top draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, that's so, a player you get later in the first round. Yeah, for sure. Because if he gives you the production that he giving you now later in the first round, it don't seem as bad. It's, you know what I mean? It's, more so, like yeah, that was, that's a skill at that point, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because he because he elite defensively. He played defense. 
the, the fans hate Dennis Smith Jr. from what I'm seeing, <laughs> and they love Frank. They, Are they, you serious? They, 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 Frank, they want Frank to be in the game. He do he do well, like defensively and stuff like that. So I mean, that's a, that's important, though. Playing defense, like somebody got to do it. And yeah. if you got an elite guard defender, that's always a plus for you know a team that's rebuilding. I'm just hoping RJ Bear figure it out. Cause that's gonna be that's a big, boy. yeah. That's why I'm hoping he figure it out. <laughs> that's boy. I mean, I think he'd be fine, especially with like Dibs. I feel like Dibs would probably be like his toughest coach that he ever had. He gonna let him play 49 minutes. Yeah, he is. He ain't gonna have no choice. Shit. <laughs> but he gonna definitely. Uh, he definitely uh, gonna have a, a solid career. Like I can see him averaging 20 points a game one day. He might not be a superstar, but he he could possibly make an All Star game. Maybe if they win it. I feel that. I feel that. Well, I, one thing I actually looked at that I didn't know, Tom Thibodeau is the 11th winningest coach in NBA history with uh, five, well, the qualifiers, 500 wins or more, but he's the 11th winningest coach in NBA history. And then, of course, he got that coach of the year in 2011. So I think it's also a good move for the Knicks. Ain't really too much you can do in their situation that can be bad, considering the circumstances they're already in. So uh, kudos to them. I, I like the move. Uh, yeah, for sure. You got anything else you want to add? Uh, I mean, the Knicks, I feel like they got to get some offensive gurus in there to make sure that, you know, that they they basically uh, help Thibs out offensively, you know what I'm saying? Because he's a defensive-minded coach, and, you know, their offense could be a little stagnant at times, so he needs to make sure that he got a good offensive guru right there as one of his assistant coaches. Well, answer me this. Uh, one question for you, and then we'll get off the Knicks and we'll move on. Um what draft pick do they need this year? Like, who should they get that you think will turn things around for them or at least get the ball rolling along with R.J. Barrett? Um, to go alongside R.J. Barrett, you definitely got to go with Melo. But, like, I don't want Melo to go to New York because I feel like <laughs> it's just a disaster. But you definitely got to go with Melo. Uh, I feel like Melo is uh, an underrated passer. Uh, a lot of people don't really give him credit for his assists and point guard skills and things like that. He, he could definitely find players. Uh, uh, Mitchell Robinson would benefit a lot. Yep. And it'll take a lot of pressure off of R.J. Barrett, too. So I think that backcourt would definitely help them move in the right direction. I honestly don't think uh, Julius Randle really fits well in that offense. Like, if that's what you're planning to do to get, like, a young point guard, have R.J. Barrett in that backcourt, two six seven guards, like, I feel like you want to push the tempo, but with Julius Randle, he can push the tempo if he's, like, controlling the ball, though. I don't know if I can really see him kind of, like, operating in that role. I think they should kind of move him or look to at least because he's solid. He can ball. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they got to make sure he's comfortable because that's a, you know, big free agent yeah. uh, acquisition. So they got to make sure he's comfortable. That's why they need a good offensive, uh, offensive-minded coach uh, on, the, on the staff just to make sure that, like, there's, there's times because Melo can shoot. And he can come off a he can come off a screen or two, um, and and knock down some jump shots. And you know, having Julius run the point uh, once in a while, a couple times down the floor, will get him more comfortable. You know, mm-hmm. as far as like a player like Julius, he need a lot of touches to get in his groove. And I think that that'll help him out. And being Melo is a starting point guard, so he gonna he gonna have his groove going in the beginning of the game. You know, he get his feel for the game in the beginning. Yeah. And then later on, towards the end of the first and second quarter, you know. Run Julius at the point a little bit here and there. I just think with uh, <clears throat> with with when if I ask myself the same question, like on one hand I'm like I want to see Cole Anthony go there. You know what I mean? Like he grew up kind of he, he's from New York, I think. 
you grew up there. His pops used to play for the Knicks, I think. Didn't uh, Greg Anthony play for the Knicks a little bit? I have no idea. <laughs> I think Greg Anthony played for the Knicks. I'm going to look that shit up. <laughs> but um, anyway, his pops came up, though, like in that era, at least where the Knicks were like a competitive team. And then you got him going to New York. They need a young point guard. He can score. He'll, he's electric. He's athletic. I think that's somebody that will be good. But then on the other side, I'm like, I know LaMelo Ball ready for the spotlight. I know he could, could step in right away and at least get the energy a little bit different, you know, to where now oh, yeah. when the Knicks are on TV, you're not trying to find something else to watch. And oh, yeah. the, the thing why I don't like about that is because there'll be a lot of pressure on him. And if he don't live up, it could fuck up his career. Kind of like with Lonzo. Lonzo is bouncing back pretty well. But um, that's kind of a lot for a young kid to, to have to go through. So I, I would like to see Cole Anthony go there, but if LaMelo go there, I'm, I'm not going to be mad at it at all. I mean, I feel like Melo is uh, he more of an offensive threat than his brother. So, like, he's he not really going to have games where he, he got, like, under 10 points. Like, I feel like he's going to score on a bad night, 12 points, shooting, like, 4 for 17 type shit. Like, he's a good offensive player, and he's definitely a ticket seller. He gonna, you know, you need, you need to sell tickets. So, like, there they got to think about it financially. Uh, Cole Anthony, he's hometown, uh, but I feel like Melo is definitely the 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 if you will the sexier draft pick or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so like I would definitely choose Melo over over Cole. Cole didn't really have the year, and he it's a lot of questions that the scouts got about him about uh, how can he impact winning and stuff like that. So uh, I would go with Melo. Uh, Melo played professionally. They need somebody that has some experience, and between the two, like Melo definitely been in the spotlight a lot longer. So. Yeah, no, I agree. So let's go ahead and move on to some more NBA news. This is some shit we was talking about earlier today. <laughs> uh, Clippers guard Lou Williams is under investigation by the NBA. <laughs> Lou admitted to leaving the NBA bubble to visit the Players Club. That's where he went. <laughs> he went to go see Diamond at the Players Club. How did did you see the picture that that surfaced with him and uh, Jack Harlow? Jack Harlow, yeah. yeah I've seen it. <laughs> it said. <laughs> Bro, he had his NBA mask on. <laughs> the NBA provided mask. Hey, he needed some ass <laughs> bad. Uh, <laughs> he was out there fiending. He had to go see some ass. Yeah, he did. Hey, I, I don't blame him though, you know. And he said, "I'm gonna take this 10 day quarantine and just I'm, I'm gonna thug it out." <laughs> I hope he I hope he, he made it. I hope he enjoyed it. <laughs> Hey, he had his mask on. He was, he was, you know, within protocol. You know what I mean? He had his mask on. <laughs> I don't know how close he got. You know, I don't know if he was social distancing, but he definitely had his mask on. He, he, you know, he cared about the, the pandemic. So, you know, he ain't out here being ruthless. Hey, at least in ESPN, though, when you read the story, it says that he went to a gentleman's club to have dinner. <laughs> like, his ass ain't going there for no fucking dinner. He wanted dinner, all right, and a dessert. Oh, he got his people on Twitter going crazy. Like, you know, they, 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 they tweeting like, Oh, Lou, you know what I'm saying? They got the best wings, blah, blah, blah. He called me tweets like, oh, Lord, just let the memes roll. You know what I'm saying? Just let them go. Like, <laughs> he know damn well he was in there wasn't for no damn wings only. You know? So, <laughs> That's so funny. And then I... could have ordered... Yeah. The uh, NBA draft lottery has been rescheduled. So the NBA draft lottery uh, was originally scheduled for August 25th. Now it's being moved to August 20th. So, uh, man, it just seems so weird because the timing is all thrown off now. Like, the draft would have already happened by now. Yeah, because we were talking about the Summer League. Like, we would already know where LaMelo was playing. So, this is kind of, like, odd. But 
I hope this ain't like the new normal. Hopefully the shit like shift back somehow, but I don't really see how it can. I feel like the basketball calendar is going to be like affected like going forward now. Well, I, I heard a couple of things like that they, uh, that they, uh, they, they basically presented or pr- proposed, which was, uh, like a shorter season after uh-huh. starting in December and then like kind of ending it around the time that they normally would. So that it's back on schedule. But like, at this point in time, like the way that the pandemic is going in the USA is probably yeah. not gonna be normal for two years or so. Man, this shit is so crazy, man. Before like, cause it it's like when it first started, everybody was saying like, all right, we're gonna do this, this. Niggas was making plans for like what you gonna do once this shit calmed down. And now we didn't all got to the point of like it might not calm down, like at least no time soon. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, bro, like the Americans is our country really, you know, we super divided. Amongst a lot of things, and especially this pandemic, it's really affecting the future of a lot of stuff. So for real, and it's it's, it's just dumb. It's, it seems like the attention is always shifted on the wrong shit. So I just think we we all got to get it together, and uh, just like you said, unite as one, so we can just figure out solutions and stop bitching about problems. For sure, I, I totally agree with that. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we need some leadership to just you know kind of enforce some some of these some of these protocols and make sure we're doing it just so the shit ends. I like the I like the stance that a lot of these players are talking about too. I'm a, I'm gonna mention a little bit in uh, quarter number one, but uh yeah we, we got a lot to discuss today. So let's go ahead and rip through this news so we can get into these topics. Um last news story of the day former NBA commissioner David Stern will be inducted into the women's basketball hall of fame in 2021. Uh Stern passed away uh this January first actually at age seventy seven and that seemed like to be, that was like the first of the many horrific stories that has been rolling out in 2020. So it's good to see something positive associated with his name. Um, unfortunately, it is. I think this was rescheduled because of COVID-19. So uh, looking forward to see when that happens. But uh, David Stern is one of the most important people in the evolution of the game of basketball. So to see him getting inducted into the Hall of Fame is definitely, uh, it's, it's just due. Absolutely. Sabrina Ionescu, she actually had her first game. I was excited. I was rushing to the box score. Like, as soon as it was uh, was done, I was trying to see what she did. She stunk it up. <laughs> she yeah, from the field. Yeah, she did. Yeah, bro. She won OFA from the three-point line. She got that confidence. She kept shooting that motherfucker. Yeah. And she, she a baller, though. Yeah, she chipped in. She still had six rebounds, four assists. So, kind of like how she did at Oregon, where she was like the female Russell Westbrook doing it in multiple uh, categories. But... Brianna Stewart, the veteran, came through with 18 points and 8 rebounds and led the Seattle Storm to an 87-71 victory over the uh, New York Liberty. Um, and then in the next game, the Los Angeles Sparks, they got a win over the Phoenix Mercury. Nanika Agumake led the way with 21 points and 7 rebounds, went 8 for 8 from the field. So, perfect night for uh, Agumake. And uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith, she actually made her debut for the uh, Phoenix Mercury. She had 14 points and 6 assists, so... Shout out to them. And then in the final game of the night, uh, the Indiana Fever took a loss to the Washington Mystics to a score of 101 to 76. Uh, Kelsey Mitchell had 25 points and five of seven shooting from the three point line for the Indiana Fever. But uh, Maisha Hines Allen had 27 and 10 for the Washington Mystics. So shout out to all those ladies. Basketball season just got underway for them. So good to see. Shit, basketball in general being back, not just for the men, but for the women too, is definitely good to see. Agreed, for sure. I remember I caught I caught a few playoff games uh, this past year. 
I remember vividly watching the Las Vegas Aces. They they were entertaining to watch. I caught a couple games with them, but in the playoffs, they played with a lot of energy. Liz can't. Yeah, I went, a, I went to a game uh, the Spur the Sparks versus uh, the Las Vegas Aces last season. It was a good game, man. I got to see Kelsey Plume do her thing, and um, the Sparks just they just they went off. They went crazy. It was it was a pretty good atmosphere in there for like. You know, for it not being sold out, uh, yeah. Kyrie was in this with his daughter. Um, uh, Queen Latifah was there. It was a lot of star power out. You know, it was a good game. And it's, it's, it's cool to hear you say that, too, because one of the biggest things that you see with the WNBA facing is obviously people act like like people don't want to see that. But if you like basketball, like if you're really into basketball, it don't matter who playing. Like you're going to watch it. And especially if it's at a professional level. Like so... I watch the games. I'm I'm a basketball fan, and if you are a basketball fan and you listen to this podcast, you probably don't have an issue with WNBA. So, um, yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and move on to our topics for the day. So, four quarters. We got a couple topics to get into. Everything important that we need to address. So, uh, first topic of the day is going to be the main takeaways from the NBA restart. So, basketball is back. Um, it's a whole lot of takeaways from what we've seen so far. It's been a few games in the scrimmages. So we'll give our thoughts on that. In the second quarter, uh, we're going to talk about the top contenders in the bubble. So with the season kind of coming back, it's almost like a restart. So we're kind of doing like a season preview almost, but for the second half of the season. But uh, we're going to talk about the top contenders uh, in the bubble. And then in the third quarter, once we come back from halftime, we're going to take our uh, look at some of the young players in the league. So uh, we're looking at the highest ceiling for each position. So point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Uh, RJ and I got a couple picks of guys that we think is going to take their game to the next level and eventually be, you know, considered the best at their position. And then in the last quarter, we go head to head and we give our NBA award picks. So six man of the year, rookie of the year, and most of all, MVP. We've been touring about this for months. Me and him been going back and forth. So we're going to talk about it today. He's going to stay this point. And, and normally when we, when I record, it's just me by myself. So it's quarter one, two, three, and four, but me and RJ go back and forth. It's going to be some arguing. So I'm going to call these rounds. Round one, two, three, and four. So <laughs> I hope you're ready for the brawl. You got something to say before we get into it? Uh, yeah, man. This is definitely going to be a brawl because, uh, you know, I'm going to light your ass up. So, uh, <laughs> well, I'm glad I got you on the show, man. It's time to get this thing started. Let's hop into quarter number one. And thank you for tuning in to the ISO podcast, the number one podcast for true basketball fans. Welcome to quarter number one, everybody. Thank you for sticking around with us. This is the ISO Podcast. I'm here with my boy, RJ. And we're about to talk about the main takeaways so far from the NBA bubble. So I'll start it off, man. I just want to say I'm excited that basketball is back. It didn't seem realistic for a while, but we back in. These niggas look rusty. <laughs> just watching them play. I'm seeing so many missed shots. I done seen a couple air balls. I seen fucking J.R. Smith trying to do a step back and hit the side of the backboard. Like they doing a lot right now. <laughs> For real. What uh but it's good to have it back though. What 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 are your thoughts so far just on the play? Like did the does it seem like they, they got a lot to work on? Did they seem like they were a little bit more advanced than you thought they would be at this stage? Uh I mean you could tell some players, uh, you could tell some players just been working this whole time and you can see you could tell some players just uh you know been enjoying the time off. 
and you know do you know working out but not as hard as you know they would be if the season was actually back yeah if it was preparing for the off season or something like that yeah no i i agree and it, it shows i think the first day the brooklyn Nets scored like 68 points i'm like that should look like a high school score <laughs> yeah it, Garbage. <laughs> but some of these lineups that's been going out been kind of garbage too. That's that's why I was kind of thrown off because I'm like, who's playing and who's not playing? Because I when I saw my squad playing, I'm like, why the fuck is Paul Millsap starting at the two? I didn't know what was going on, bro. And Jeremy Grant starting at the point. Well, no, it was Jokic, but they had Grant in that slot. I was yeah. like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Who's hurt? We don't have no guards on the on the on the lineup that we could throw in. That's crazy. Y'all did your thing, though, with that big-ass lineup. Hell, yeah. We should have just ran a zone. Niggas cover all kind of ground. For real. I think um, with this, though, one of the, one of the big things, too, that like I, we alluded to a little bit earlier in the show, but just like the stand that players are taking on social justice, like you remember before the bubble actually started, it was kind of that controversy of like, you know, with all the, the stuff going around with the killing of George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, all the, the kind of events leading up to it, it was it was like players deciding if they play, is it kind of like turning a, your back to that, that social injustice fight? And then for the players to actually play, like, are you ignoring it? So I think for, for them to, to still be playing, but uh, still making their voice heard and, and letting it be known that this shit ain't okay and we still taking a stand even though we playing... It's been cool to see that, like, people still keeping the focus on what's important. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that the players are doing a great job of bringing light to certain certain topics, uh, certain issues uh, in regards to the Black Lives Matters. Um, I wouldn't, like like LeBron said the other day, I wouldn't call it a movement. I would just, yeah. you know, try to, it's more of, like, you know, getting the attention that it deserves uh, because it's overlooked. So uh, I definitely agree that they're doing a they're doing a great job. The players are, are stepping up and making their voice heard and uh, saying the names of some of the people that that have fell victim to police brutality, uh, unfortunately. So um, I also want to shout out the MLB. Like they have a seven percent African American uh, player like percentage, uh-huh. and they're doing a great job, man. They're stepping up. They got they like they they. Taking knees, they uh, wearing Black Lives Matter shirt in their warm ups. The Boston Red Sox, which is a uh, infamous, infamously known to be like racist uh-huh. uh, city, um, a ballpark as well. They they basically put up a big Black Lives Matter banner uh, that they they in support of. So like I, I I think the MLB is doing a great job. They especially like over like leagues like the NFL, like that's like just the worst. Yeah, league. man, the NFL is fucking up. <laughs> We could yeah. go on for hours for that. We could make a whole other topic just for that one. <laughs> for real. But I, I, I agree with you for sure. And then the NBA still trying to do their part with allowing players to wear uh, messages on their jerseys. And then um, on every court, you see Black Lives Matter on the uh, these NBA courts in Orlando. So that's been dope to see. What are some of the things that you've uh, kind of taken away so far from the uh, NBA bubble? Uh, well, I mean, the bubble, I feel like uh, the NBA is doing an excellent job, uh, you know, trying to maintain the player health and safety. Uh, in regards to preventing the spread, um, you know, to try to salvage the season. Um, luckily, like, I feel like they played most of the season um, to where they they had an ability to do a bubble because most of these leagues that's just starting up, they don't have that, yeah. that luxury. You got to play a whole season. You can't do a whole – it'll be in a bubble for five, six months. Like, that's just I mean? like prison. Yeah, so, like, you know, the NBA is fortunate enough to have this situation, and hopefully this pandemic is over sooner than later. Um uh, 
in a good way and then not just because niggas is just ignoring it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think they're doing a pretty good job. Like, um, and another takeaway is that I think that you're going to see uh, the talent of a lot of these players that now that the, the, the crowd is no longer a factor. Like, you, you got to think about how how that's going to impact the game. Like, I agree. You, know, you, you play in front of, you play, you're playing in front of thousands of fans. Uh, when you when you wide open for a layup, you're like, damn, I can't smoke this layup. <laughs> yeah. But now you're not even going to think about that. You're going to be able to lock in on your plays, your skill set, yep. and you just play basketball. Like, basically, you're not even, you don't really see the cameras like that, so that 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 aspect of it is not really going to affect they they play. Like, you're going to see a lot of these games where, like, players like Seth Curry going to go six for six. Yeah. Uh, you got, like, players that we know they're talented as just basketball fans. You're going to see them go off on a couple of games. Troy Daniels like, is another example. Exactly. Um, like, don't get me wrong, there's still going to be pressure of, you know, you trying to make the playoffs, make a push for the playoffs, or actually try to make it to the finals, you know. The, the pressure that the media put on these teams is what the players are going to feel. But as far as, like, you know, performance-wise – they they really gonna be able to showcase their talent and, and like it's it's gonna be a lot of players out here getting buckets that you probably never heard of. And you you know what kind of benefits your team, the Los Angeles Lakers? It benefits them a lot because you got guys that kind of have a reputation as like streetball guys, like J.R. Smith, Deion Waiters. They're isolation guys, and this is like the perfect setting to make them feel comfortable to do that. You know what I mean? Like playing in front of thousands of people, you might second guess some of that stupid shit because you know it's not the best decision, but you've done it in the past. But when it's just you in the gym now, it's just like the Black Ops workouts we see and shit like that. It's not that similar because you still have a role on the team, unlike just a pickup game, but it's pretty similar in the aspect of it's just you and basketball. Uh, I, I do agree with you on that. My thing that uh, that's another point that I want to make is that these dudes is in the same gym for the the next three months mm-hmm. if they make more. And like, you're going to be comfortable with the gym. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have to worry about like, you know, how 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 the gym is set up. Like, all of that stuff kind of plays a factor sometimes. That's true. To some of the players. Uh, and like, you're just being comfortable with that rim. You're being comfortable being inside that gym. It's like you're, you basically mentally can make it your home gym. And you're playing the same game. You're playing the same playoff series. It's not like you're traveling on the road and being like, damn, I was comfortable at the crib, and now i got to get adjusted and acclimated to this court, and we're going to lose game two because I'm, I'm having a bad shooting night. Yep. But it's like you're going to be hot because you're used to the court. Like That's an advantage. 100%. And that, that leads me to this question, and this is something that we've kind of gone back and forth on, but I think I've kind of changed my position. Um, the champion, if the champion this year, if they're crowned, does it deserve to have an asterisk by their name? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. not. Like I feel like um, I feel like this is tougher. Like you know what I mean. Um, You don't have home court advantage, and it's just like straight up. Like what team is better? Like who really hooping? Like you know what I mean. It's it's Mm -hmm. it's just basketball at this point. It's like basketball in its truest form, and like no crowd, no no sway or swinging of the referee officials and stuff like that. It's, It's just straight up basketball. And I feel like if you win the championship that way then this might be the toughest one. Like, this is this count for two, probably. I kind of agree, bro. I, <laughs> at first, I was on the other side of it because I was like, you don't have those advantages that you used to have, but the same goes both ways. Like, once these teams make it to the playoffs, for the most part, they usually have good home records. So, like, it, it teeters back and forth in the series because of that advantage, but now that it's just a neutral site, 
you might see some teams get swept. You know what I mean? Like it, it it's a real different game now because it's no outside factors and you don't have the pressure to perform uh, like you don't have that pressure to perform live in front of thousands of people. Like, yeah, they're, they're watching it through TV, but not hearing the fans, nobody say anything to you in the, the, the stands. Like, it's different. You know what I mean? So I think it really takes away all the extra shit is really just hoops. And I, I agree, man. I think the winner of this year should be looked at as a true champion because there was no advantage that the other party had over the other. You know, there, there's nothing that you have. Like, we're here on the same level playing field. It's just us. Yeah, and it sucks for the teams that got great home crowds, like Utah. Miami. City, Miami, um, and uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, yeah, they're another good home team. So, like, that's, that's going to suck for them. But the Road Warriors, like the top three, four teams in the league, they gonna bust some ass. <laughs> they gonna be fucking people up because them teams yeah. ain't gonna have no safe way out now. Yeah. And then really? you you got to think too, like in terms of a, a standpoint of like I know how you said that they're gonna be comfortable uh, with the course, but even in terms of like rest, like you don't gotta travel. You don't gotta travel from city to city. Like you literally are at the location where you're gonna be playing. So it's really gonna come down to priorities. Who takes the game more seriously? who is dedicated towards really coming there and getting the job done. And it's, it's, I think we're really going to see a true champion this year. It's, injuries happen. So even if injuries happen, I'm not really going to gonna hold that against somebody. I think COVID-19, somebody being um, quarantined might affect it a little bit. I don't know how that might make me feel. Like if LeBron James gets quarantined and it's in a game seven, like I don't know if I can just give it to whoever beats them, you know? But it's it's... The same could have happened for the other team. So I get how it can go both ways. But I think the COVID-19 angle might be the only thing that might make me feel otherwise. It'll kind of be like when Draymond Green got suspended in that finals for, for the kick in the, the dick situation. You remember? Yeah, yeah. That was wild. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, and and you, we might see that. That might happen because the players' families are going to be able to come the second round of the playoffs. So that could be a factor into that. You know what I mean? And I'm hoping that I'm hoping that the teams that are competitive and the teams that are contenders, like I'm hoping that their best players don't get injured just so that, yeah. you know, we can really get that. That way there'll be no asterisk at all. Nothing. You know what I mean? Injuries, injuries do happen though. They do happen. And it's nothing you can do about it. And I, one question I had there, if you win this championship, there's probably not going to be a parade, huh? Oh, hell no. It's definitely, it's going to be a virtual parade. <laughs> that shit is whack. <laughs> You worked that hard, stayed in the hotel all that time for that Larry O'B, and motherfuckers gonna watch it through Zoom. That's it, That's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be different for sure. I don't give a fuck about none of that. They better have Roddy Rich performing or something. They gotta let a a top performer into a bubble and just put on a show for them. Yeah, Migos got a debut culture three. Yeah, at the at the concert. But uh, I think I think with this, man, one of the things that surprised me so far, though, even though the players haven't been shooting well, they have been playing hard. I've been seeing a lot of people diving on the floor. I've been hearing, I've been seeing a lot of energy and watching one of the games, too. Like, um, I think I was watching the Miami Heat, and it was like a crunch time in the game, and they had turned on, like, the big audio speakers of, like, I guess, audio clips from their previous home games, and it was just making it, like, loud, like, let's go, or defense, like, it was pretty dope to see that because it's like the fans aren't there, but it still gives you that adrenaline rush, I would imagine, to help you get, you know what I mean, motivating them, them instances in the game. 
Yeah, that was that was a brilliant idea by Miami, by the way. I thought that was dope. I definitely think every team should probably pick up on that if they got the home court thing going. Yeah. So that's, that was dope for sure. It'll definitely give you some kind of added advantage. You know what I mean? It's not really an advantage. It's more like a psychological thing because it's you. Yeah, like you said, the adrenaline for yeah. sure. Yeah. But I, I think with this with this season, we're going we're gonna to learn a lot about some of the top players because I remember when I seen Damian Lillard knock off Paul George in the playoffs. Then I seen Damian Lillard get swept by New Orleans in the playoffs. So in a situation like this where it's just basketball, no distractions, it's really just scheme versus scheme, I think we're going to see how a lot of people are cut. Like, I think Giannis was a little affected by the media last year. Maybe not to the point to where it was the sole reason why they lost to the Raptors in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, but I think it affected them because they were saying you getting stopped and you go on the court and Kawhi Leonard locking your shit up. It don't do nothing positive for your psyche. So I think just being isolated out here, not having to hear from like the fans directly, I think it'll, it'll, it'll make it a little better for some of the, the stars. But I think some people benefit off of that too, though. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing about Giannis is uh, I feel like he don't really have a, another level of his game. He's just a one-level player. He's just up and down the floor. He he, he makes most of his, his impact in the paint. He's, he's a good playmaker. I'm, I'm not going to take that away from him. But playoff basketball is harder for him because he can't shoot the ball. And it slows down. Yeah, so. Shit, if he, mean, shoot, if he shoot like he did in that first game against the Lakers this year, he'd be all right. <laughs> he ain't never gonna do that shit again. <laughs> like he brought his best game against the Lakers. Yeah, he did. And we we we, we was on the road too, bro. It was the third road game of the road trip. Hey, that was a big game. I remember it. Y'all both had the same record. First, that was like one of the biggest games of the season. I remember like the anticipation for it. Yeah, they did us dirty though. You know what I'm saying? We could have had it like two days off before that one. And just knowing like, just knowing that it. it well, fuck, they didn't know both of the teams were going to be this goddamn good. True. Like, just to, just to, a, a LeBron and Giannis matchup, just for the simple fact that last year he didn't play and Giannis didn't play, they said they gave him two days off just on some rest so both of them niggas played. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The NBA should have did that. But, like, if they would have gave us two, three days off, it would have been a different outcome for sure. For sure, for sure. Well, that's all we got for topic number one. Let's go ahead and transition into round number two, and we are talking about the top contenders in the bubble. Let's get into it. Welcome back to round number two. Wasn't really much uh, clashing going on in, in round number one. But I mean, when you're talking logical shit, I can't really disagree with it. He'd normally be on some bullshit. He's he trying to fool America, bro. Bro, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm real. I'll be honest with this shit. <laughs> well, we go ahead and um, look at the top contenders in the bubble. So obviously every team didn't make it to the bubble in Orlando, but... Um, the teams who are pretty much competitive and already clinched um, is the collection of teams that will be fighting for the Larry O'Brien trophy. So uh, we picked out four teams each. Uh, we also have some honorable mentions. So I'm going to let uh, RJ tip things off uh, and let him know what your honorable mentions are as far as the contenders in the bubble. Oh, regardless of conference too, East and West, like we're just talking collective, the top four. Honorable mentions. Um, my first honorable mention um is Boston. Uh, I feel like they, they pretty much got it all. They got, they're a good defensive team. They got offensive weapons and they have um, a great coach. So, uh, and they got star power. So, you know what I mean? I, that's definitely an honorable mention. I feel like they are lacking experience just a little bit. I mean, although they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but 
you know, I, I really don't really say that's true experience. They was rookies. They haven't really been that far again since. You think that shit so, was a fluke? No, I wouldn't say it was a fluke, but I just feel like it was. They were on the fortunate end of, you know, they they were just lucky on some some plays. I mean, not not some plays, but they were just lucky in some of the matchups. Like it, it's all about matchups. That's how that's how I feel like Portland made it to the finals last year. It was all about yeah. The I agree with that. Uh, so I think that there's definitely an honorable mention. Um, and then my next team is Miami. I feel like they are they are basically like. As far as like they close knit camaraderie and all that, they like the Lakers of the East. Uh, it's a real close knit group. Uh, Fuck no, Lakers of the East, the Heat. Uh, it's in in terms of like team camaraderie, like like they cool together. with each other. Yeah, the vibes. Yeah, for sure. Not not like you know talent level. Okay, I'm like no, nah, nigga, them teams ain't nothing alike. <laughs> no, nah, but the, the team, this team is deep. Uh, they they defend. Um, they got a great coach. They got championship experience. They got it all, but like they just needed. I feel like they need a. They got the. They need the player experience. Like if Bam had like two more years under his belt, or maybe additional year, they they probably you know would be a contender. Um, and so then, you think at this point they're just gonna be like a team that'll push somebody? For sure, uh, they they'll push like my contenders, but I don't really see them winning. Uh, against the contenders that I got mm-hmm. uh, listed, uh, that that team for sure they got a they got a clutch performer. So I wouldn't be surprised if they did make it into like the Eastern Conference Finals because they got somebody that can hit clutch jumpers. They got an elite guard defender. Uh, they got elite uh, elite paint protection, uh, shot blocking. Um, they really they, do. They, they're like a well-rounded team. They great on the run, uh, out in the open run, like on a fast break. They're they can shoot like. They, they got it all, bro. They, they, they playing at all three levels over here in Miami. So, that's a good team. Um, I really I really think that... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they made it all the way out of the East. But, like I said, it's an honorable mention. Um, and then my last my last one is Philadelphia. Um, the reason why I got them here, the things that they lack is... Uh, they lack shooting. Shooting, and then they yeah. Lack, they also lack... Um, they, they don't have a good... They, I don't think they coach is that good. They like shooting and then they're not disciplined. Bro, what the uh, fuck? I seen I seen that Ben Simmons had to get a psychological coach to help him shoot three pointers. Like, bro, if you don't shoot that motherfucker and just miss, like, bro, it's not that deep. <laughs> bro, that's sick. I mean, it's it, it starting to look good. Like he made a, he made a jumper or something yeah. yesterday. But you're but not gonna know me. until you shoot it. Yeah, he got to get over that. Like, I don't, I don't know what that is. I feel like that's that's part of the crowd. Like, that's that's that that's yeah. that that's that. Act. Had an element that you know he don't want to look foolish in front of the crowd. Mm-hmm. He hear the booze, so now he's not gonna hear that. You know, he's gonna see it on TV, but he ain't gotta watch that shit. Uh-huh. So he could definitely get out of the shooting slump or, or start something within this bubble uh, as far as his jump shot. So uh, you know, I mean, if he do that, then he a dangerous player. I, I really feel like he's an elite defender, mm-hmm. elite passer, uh, elite finisher. He's just not a shooter. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what I mean. But uh, that 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 team is lacking shooting. Um, they're just not disciplined. And, you know, I feel like I feel like Joel could, you know, depend on the referees a lot. Yeah. And sometimes he don't bring his game every night. Uh, but he is an elite player too. But, you know, those are some of the things that, that's going to keep them from getting to the finals for sure. For sure. So you said you had the Heat, you had the 76ers, and what was the other team, the Celtics? Yeah. Okay. So for my honorable mentions, I got the Heat also. Uh, for pretty much everything you said, um, I think once the the bubble kind of 
set place and they weren't able to play in Miami. Like, I watch those games when they wear them blue jerseys and they paint the court. Like, the crowd gets into it. Like, that game that they had against the 76ers um, this season was, like, one of the best games of the season. Like, I watched it. And just the energy in there makes them a different team. And without that, I just don't think they have that extra gear to possibly upset somebody. Um, it's it's kind of like how the Golden State Warriors were with that We Believe team. Like, how they kind of fed off the crowd and they were just like, you know what I mean? They, they'll get out and run. Yes. They're athletic. They can shoot. Like, it would have been something like that. But I think without the crowd, it's, it's kind of a little different. But, I mean, when Duncan Robinson shooting like how he did the other night, you can't really <laughs> complain. Um, and then yeah, that, he, man, he was shooting the lights out. For real. And then the other team I had on here was the Dallas Mavericks. That was my other team uh, for, for strong consideration. I was close to putting them on there. They got probably the best offense in the league. They got shooters. They're a well-coached team. They're disciplined. They got Luka, who's the wild card. My only thing is I just don't know how he's going to perform in the playoffs. Because I think he he likes to get up and down, and the playoff slows down a lot. And when I've seen Luka in the half court, I see him settle for step-back threes too much. So I don't know how that's going to look in the playoffs. I know he's going to have big games just because he's that good, and that's his role on the team is to have the ball pretty much every play. But I just don't know yet if they're ready to take that next step. Um, but I, I like Dallas a lot. They're a really good team. Yeah, I agree. They are definitely one of the top offensive rated teams for sure. So Luca, Luca, the truth, Luca. Yeah, man, <laughs> he is no he, joke. Yeah, he he elite. His bag deep. Like I ain't never seen a foreign with a bag like this. <laughs> he got a full Birkin. <laughs> oh, that nigga got the Birkin. He got the fucking Louis duffel. All that. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, yeah nah, he, he, he's he elite. Got jumper like out of this world, elite passing ability. Uh, he draws the double teams and he got a good vision. Like man, that dude is crazy. So Scary. we we got we about halfway through this topic. Just looking at the time, so we got four teams each now that that actually are contenders. So um, what's what's one of the teams you got? And this is in no particular order. We're just picking four teams that we think are the best in terms of the competition in the bubble. So what's one of the teams you got? Man. Y'all got to put some respect on the Toronto Raptors, man. The defending uh, champions. <laughs> you got to put some respect on their name. You man. seen Jalen Rose saying they were uh, overrated? He crazy, man. He, he got a couple crazy takes, you know what I mean? So I, I feel like he, he he get a little delusional sometimes. Look, they on the TV right now. Yeah, he... he nah, <laughs> the Raptors is a title contender for sure. Like, yeah, they, 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 they got so much bro. depth. Yeah, bro. Like, they got crazy depth. They have former defensive players of the years in in, in uh Serge and, and uh, Gasol. Gasol, yeah. Um, shot blocking. They got elite perimeter defense. Like Nick Nurse is like, you don't play if you don't play defense. Like so like they can shoot, man. Like they got clutch dudes, like they, they got I, it all, man. I hear you, I but nah. <laughs> nah. They not top right. four. I can't do that. Who who you going to in the clutch? Because I, I know Pascal is nice. Don't get me wrong. But having Kawhi Leonard is a big security blanket when you're trying to get a shot at the end of the game. Like, you don't Red, draw all the attention. Red Bland Bleak got the clutch gene, bro. I'm telling you. That man can hit from deep. It's nice. Kyle Lowry going to hit some shots before it, it gets to clutch time. And then don't talk to me about the- Kyle Lowry. Before last year, bro was about to kill himself. Would he have to take some time to go to the – what is it, to decompress in a playoff game? 
Bruh, hey, whatever it takes, man, whatever it takes, man, you know, they wasn't really getting it done, and now they, they found the pieces, bro, like, they got Pascal, Pascal Clutch, he got a couple couple game winners in the season. Pascal the truth, I ain't gonna disrespect him, see, I come the truth. Yeah, you know what I mean, you gotta, you gotta show, show some love to your, uh, my, my alumni. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I think the team is for sure, for sure a contender, like, nobody really messing with them, man, they the be- third best team overall. Top three in defensive rating, um, and they they deep man. They 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 got uh, improving uh, uh, Norman Powell, um, Fred Van Vliet on his role last season. Um, he pretty much coming into his own. Um, they got a great leader in Kyle Lowry. They're, they got a great the budding star in Pascal Siakam. One of the things I will admit with that team is that they got so much depth to where they can match up well with pretty much anybody. Especially from a defensive standpoint, too. They they got a lot of, like you said, shot blockers, versatile perimeter defenders. So I see the angle. My question is just late in games, who are they going to go to? OJ Ananobi? Is that who you, you kicking out to? You trusting OG? Hell no. Nah. <laughs> he ain't going to get no open threes. You know what I'm saying? He gonna... <laughs> rebound and defend. Like, rebound and defend. That's all you got to do, bro. Um, <laughs> I mean, like in the clutch, I'm telling you, bro. Like they going to they going to Pascal, and if he if he if he uh you know being double teamed, he gonna throw it to Lowry or throw it to uh, Van Vliet in the corner. Yeah, ending it up is uh, Powell, not Powell, but I'm sorry, uh, Mark Gasol and uh, Serge Ibaka. I think a lot of that shit looked good with Kawhi, but it's gonna be different. I'm telling y'all, Kawhi is aside from Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA. He, (laughs) I'm telling you, his impact on the court is like. Immense, you can tell it's like a hole in the offense. And I'm defense. telling you, bro. I'm telling you right now. Um, I mean, this bubble may definitely have an effect on it, but um, when when the Raptors made the move for Marcus All last year, I told my homie, uh, I told him I was like, bro, they they going to the championship, bro. They might not win it because KD in that bitch, but like they're going. And then when they when KD went out, I'm like, oh, they got this. I told you, game one. I I say this: the Raptors can't be one of the top four teams because. I think the Boston Celtics are. I think Boston is is a playoff team. I think Boston is, like, built for the playoffs. I think the Raptors are also built for the playoffs, too. But I think Boston got that guy, and I think Jason Tatum is the difference. I think Jason Tatum is, like, already ready to, like, lead a team to a championship. Um, before the season, he, he said he wanted to be an all-star. He did it. He also said he's going to make it to the finals, and I think he can do it. They got Marcus Smart, versatile defender who can lock up. Um, they're second in points per game allowed, so they're one of the, the best defensive teams in the league, uh, third in three-point percentage, so they can stop that because that's one of the big things with the Raptors. They got a lot of shooters. They can spread the floor. They can jump out. I think with them being able to defend the three-point shot, the Boston Celtics I'm referring to, them having go-to scores with Jalen Brown, your twin, uh, <laughs> fucking uh, Jason Tatum, and Kimball Walker, and then you still got the interior defense with Daniel Tice. You got Enos Cancer on the boards. Like, they're a complete team, and I, I think they're going to be the, the, the team that – I think they're going to make it out the East, bro. I'm like – I'm leaning on that fence. I've been in Milwaukee all year, but I'm kind of like – I got to see Boston show me a little more, but I'm kind of leaning that way. I mean, you're you, you right about Jason Tatum, um, but I don't, I, I don't necessarily agree that he's ready to lead the team to a championship. I don't think he's that elite yet. He got a, he got a ways to go. Um, Jalen Brown – I don't really see anybody that can really match up with him, but I don't really feel like he got that either. Oh, come yet. on. Um, Not this year. He's been, show, he been showing his ass this year. 
I mean, like I said, he show out, but like an elite defensive team like Toronto, bro, like I just don't see them doing that. Like, and then they they are losing the matchup in the, on the interior. Like, Ennis Cantor is not out rebounding anybody, bro. <laughs> He can out rebound fucking Gasol and Ibaka. Ibaka only gonna give you. No, you know what? Ibaka actually been a solid rebounder in in, uh, Toronto. I'm not even gonna lie. Bro, any any knocking down a three, bro. I'm telling you, man. Like, I I I just I truly don't see it. Like when when Daniel Tice come out the game, Coach Boucher whooping all shit off the glass, bro. Like, come on. You smoke it. (laughs) You smoke it. Nah, you you want some good? I need I need to know your 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 connect. I need Sydney, to. Bro, like they, they got elite dudes coming off this bench, like defensively. Like who is gonna guard role, Jason Tatum? In their roles. Who's gonna guard, Who's Jason, gonna guard Tatum? Jason Tatum? Pascal. Okay. They mix up. They, I mean, Pascal is gonna be a uh, OG. What's, what's Pascal. What's, Norman. What's, uh, no, what's the dude name? Not Norman. They're gonna put uh, Hollis Jefferson. He gonna mix Hollis Jefferson up. He gonna mix him up. <laughs> Michael Beasley <laughs> mixed up Hollis Jefferson. Don't talk to I mean, me about like, him. You know what I mean? Like the, the thing is, I feel like Jason Tatum. It's not going to take over a game like that. He's just not there yet to take over a game because Jason Tatum could be Jason Tatum, but if they shut down all the other guys, which they can. No, bro. When I seen that game earlier this year, the one where y'all beat the Celtics, and I think LeBron hit that turnaround fadeaway over Jalen Brown, that was the game where I was like, okay, Jason Tatum, is he's there now. He's ready. Like, he was scoring at will against the Lakers. So I'm like, nobody can stop this nigga. But we don't have a wing defender, though. So wings are going to have good games against us. I'm not buying that, bro. He was going to the rack. He, <laughs> he was shooting threes. He was doing whatever the fuck he wanted. Y'all got Danny Green. Danny Green is not a wing defender? Bro, there's nobody that can guard Jason Tatum on the Lakers. Like, It's not on. a lot of people that can guard him, period. That's true, but like, there's also... His team is guardable. <laughs> Jalen Brown is a 20-point-per-game scorer, and his game is low-key made for the half court. Jalen Brown will post a guard up. If they need points in the half court, they got multiple people they can go to. Kimball Walker can get you a shot in the half court. Uh, Jalen Brown can get you a shot in the half court. Jason Tatum, we just talked about him. Like, don't act. And then they got guys like Brad Wanamaker who's shooting over 40% from three who going to hit the open look if need be. Come on, man. Don't do that. Bro, what favorite did Jason Tatum, uh, what's his name, Jalen Brown do for you that you just, like, <laughs> on this nigga side? Like, bro, he he... He good. I became a believer, bro. I didn't. I, I told you when he got that contract in the offseason, I'm like, because he got a max in the offseason. I'm like, how? And then this year, now he got the opportunity. Oh, I didn't even mention Gordon Hayward. Like, come on, bro. Like, Stop it, bro. 15 points. 15 points. 15 points. 15 and 5. You cannot say he's not going to give me 15 and 5. I mean, he, he plays. He plays, bro. But like, <laughs> he they, plays. They're not deep, bro. They, they, they guard heavy. Like, they got Marcus Smart, Kimball Walker. Um, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Gordon Hayward. That's five dudes. These dudes got a, a backup that come in and kind of give them the same production. Like they they plug and play over there in Toronto. Like, and so, on, and 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 another thing too with Boston is really like you said, all their best players are skill players. Pretty much what basketball has become now is at the end of games, it's just all skill players and like one big. So like if they can do that better than everybody else, they're gonna be nice. And I I think they bro, got but, it. But they have rim protection though. They do too. No, they don't. Tice is giving you. Tice got. Hey, no. Tice gonna stop a whole team from getting to the paint. Get the fuck out of here, dog. I'm talking Tice. I'm talking Enos Cantor is not gonna block no shots, but he's seven feet. That's it. That's it, bro. Because don't name him other niggas, bro. 
Come on, man. You acting like this ain't one of the best defensive yeah, teams in the man, league, though. William, William Hold on. Sit down? <laughs> Grant Williams. Oh, stop, stop, bro. <laughs> hey, he a fat I'm rookie. Just, uh, old boy uh, that they drafted this past year. Uh, I don't even know his name. Number twelve. Oh, Romeo Langford. No, 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 not, not Langford. Uh, Romeo, Romeo, a solid defender though. But uh, number twelve, uh, he a light skinned man, light skinned dude. Uh, Poirier, like, Vincent. Shit, I don't know, bro. Garbage though. <laughs> what position? Uh, he like a forward or, or, or like kind of he he in the post for sure. Bro, yeah. garbage. <laughs> I think you're talking about Grant Williams. If it's on Boston, Grant Williams. Okay, then who's number forty four? The dark skinned dude. That'd be like getting a couple blocks. Here oh, there. I, I think mean, that's Simi Ojale. Maybe I don't know. These niggas is bad. No, no, no. Ojale. No, 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 no. We gotta we gotta look up the we gotta look up the roster, bro. <laughs> I, I need to, I need to name these niggas, bro. I need to put these <laughs> you gotta call them out. Yeah, bro. They gotta be called out, bro. Like you, you. Bugging right now. You still got three other teams, bro. You ain't tell me. <laughs> we didn't got off on the tangent. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Like, let me let me ask you this: the Lakers in your top three, right? Come on, bro. You know that. The Bucks in your top four, right? Robert Williams. Robert Williams, the dark skin dude. Oh, from Texas A&M. Grant, Grant Williams is a bum. Yeah. Robert Williams, he make he make a little impact. Robert Athletic. Grant's garbage. Yeah, no, Grant. Grant just a body. Come on, bro. Nah. Grant like nah. Grant like a modern day Glenn Big Baby Davis. Yeah, bro, he's garbage. <laughs> no disrespect. Hey, look, I no told disrespect. y'all he hate everybody. Nah, bro, like no disrespect to bro. He in the league, you know what I mean? He elite, he big. He'll post me up, whatever the fuck. But like, bro, it's not an NBA player. So look, you got you got the Bucks in your top four, right? Because if we got like the same ones, then I won't, I ain't even gonna name them off. You got the Bucks in there? Bucks in there. You got the Lakers in there? Lakers in there. And then who's your other two? You got the Clippers? I got the Clippers. I thought it was four. Yep, you got the Clippers. All right, shit. So the only one we really disagreed on was Toronto and Boston. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That makes sense. <laughs> That's like the only one that really ain't like the, the team coming into the season that we all expected to be there anyway. Bro, that's the, the homie was telling me the same shit. He like, yo... Boston gonna get there. Da, 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 man, bro. Boston is nah, bro. Boston for real. I hope they match up too. I hope they do. Uh, yeah, uh, shit. But like, I, like I said, I believed in Toronto last year, and I'm sticking with them this year. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not gonna say that they beat Milwaukee, but they definitely got a chance. Yeah. All right, man. Don't try to remix this shit after when they lose and Jason Tatum averaged 37 in the series, you're like, no, I just said they had a chance. This shit is on camera. We got you live. If you do, I wouldn't be surprised, bro. They're on my honorable mentions. (laughs) They just didn't have to cut, bro. Definitely. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, shit, let's go ahead and move on to the halftime. I'm going to go ahead and play the sound of the week, and then we'll go ahead and transition to the second half. So the sound of the week that I'm playing this week is going to be from Tobias Harris. This was an interview that he had um, after the the first scrimmage that the uh, Philadelphia Sixers had played in. And um, they just was asking him questions pretty much about the game. And he had a pretty candid response that I definitely thoroughly enjoyed. And a lot of other players have kind of echoed his sentiments. So this is Tobias Harris, and I will see you guys in the third quarter. Russell Westbrook, we saw, collaborated with the NBPA to create those social justice shirts for the players. I know that you showed your support via some social media accounts. I'm just wondering if those shirts are something players plan to wear during warmups or if there is a plan for those or if you'll be involved in any way? Um, you know, no, nothing against the t-shirts, but 
We want to make sure that Daniel Cameron will arrest the cops and officers involved with Breonna Taylor's death. And um, yeah, that's all I got to say. Thanks, T. Um, that's, to... that's gonna be my answer for every question. Fair enough. For Daniel Cameron to step up and to do what's right. And that's the only message I got today. And I appreciate everybody. Thanks. Thanks, T. Welcome back, everybody, to the second half. We are here at quarter number three, and we are talking about some of the top young players in the association. RJ got a player in each position. Uh, did you do honorable mention, too? Uh, you, you got the runner-up thing going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just the, we're going to talk about the player in each position that we think has the highest ceiling and the player that we feel like is right behind but just, just got beat out. Um, but just highest ceiling players in the NBA. So, yeah. All right, so for my runner-up, y'all might be surprised, but Trey Young is actually my runner-up. This may not surprise you because we didn't have this debate before, but now it's time to, to actually put this shit on record for other people to hear it. Um, my actual point guard that I think has the highest ceiling in the NBA is Ja Morant. I, okay. I, I think Ja Morant has a, a slightly higher ceiling than Trey Young, but I think Trey Young will always have better stats. I think Trey Young is just going to be a statistical machine in the way Luka Doncic is, but I don't think that necessarily means he's going to win more games. I think Ja Morant is the kind of guy that'll have four points and maybe 12 assists if that's what led to a win. Um, his team is already in the playoffs before the, uh, the bubble started. We're in position to make the playoffs with the Memphis Grizzlies, and this was one of the worst teams in the league last year. They had the second pick. So, yeah, I think with, with his leadership, with his ability to get to the rack, I just seen recently that he put on 12 pounds. Um, if he continues to bulk up and improve that, that three-point shot that already looks kind of solid, I think he could eventually evolve in, even into a triple-double threat. What you think? Okay. Uh, I, I definitely am a huge fan of Job, uh, Job Morant. He is an impactful leader. Um, can get to the basket at will. Crazy athleticism. Um yeah, so he he got the total package that you that you're looking for as a uh, athletic point guard, you know. So he definitely definitely uh, is a good player. My runner up uh, was uh, Ben Simmons. Okay. Um, so I feel like he is one of the better point guards. He is. I thought about him too. Number two passer behind LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, elite defender. He probably he might make first team or second team more defense this year. Uh, he a good on ball defender. Plays the passing lanes well. Next next quarter we talk about it. See if he made he, made your all defense team. Yeah, man. And uh, so like 
I mean, if he had the shooting, the reason why I had him as a runner-up is because like I'm a huge fan of the next person on the on the list. Um, but Ben Simmons definitely, man, once he get that jump shot, his ceiling is going to go through the roof because nobody can stop him from scoring if he really want to score. Like, yeah. If you want to get a bucket, he can get a bucket. And I just so. seen something that said they're going to let he's going to be playing power forward um, for the uh, 76ers. They said they're going to work him in and power forward now. So I'm interested to see how that's going to look. He's going to be playing point forward, bro. Same <laughs> I mean, he's been playing point forward for the year. He's just not guarding so, the point guard. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, but for sure, uh, Ben Simmons, uh, he, he might have, he probably should have been number one on this list, to be honest, like for me, for point guards. Um, I, I went with Trey Young as okay. he has a higher ceiling. Um, I feel like once they get the right pieces around him, um, he could take off in the East. Um, like he could always be within that like four or five seed once they like get the pieces around him and he get that yeah. that chemistry going with Clint Capella because they got Clint Capella and if some of these draft picks pan out for them like uh, DeAndre Hunter as a defender and a mm-hmm. wing shooter um, Cam Reddish if he could be like an elite scorer um, at least you know at two levels like mid-range mid uh, three-point range um, if he could live up to his potential which I believe he can uh, they'll have some pieces around him and then they also have another draft pick too they can go post or they can go uh, another wing uh, I feel like his passing is uh, his passing is underrated. Like he's been averaging more than eight assists the last two years of his career. The first two years of his career, um, twenty nine points is a crazy jump. I know he got the green light, but I feel like even if he had another player that was a that was a, a capable elite shot maker as well, like he is, I feel like he'd still average somewhere in the mid twenties. I think his numbers is always going to be good. What What do you think? How do you think he? He's there over Ja Morant. What what makes you think he has a higher ceiling? Um, just because he could do more offensively, like his finishing, like and it's not re- it's not relying upon athleticism. Like mm-hmm. this dude could be this impactful for ten to twelve years, and Ja, like if he loses a step, you know he's gonna be an average player, I believe. Like, nah, that's that's harsh. Average player if he don't have the athleticism. Yeah, bro, he's super fast. And he got explosiveness that people respect. So they like they don't jump on him. Like, yeah, bro, but they he, jump on with Trey Young, bro, but he's still getting the floaters off. Bro. Yeah, he's doing floaters, but Ja Moran is like finishing in traffic. Like Ja Moran got game winning layups that's like in traffic. Like he Because of the athleticism. Yeah, but in terms of him having a finishing ability too, because he's not dunking that shit. He's not finishing above the rim every single time. I get what you bro, mean as far as the threat, but he he knows how to finish. He, he it's kind of like the same shit you see with Kyrie. Like, they just know how to put a, a certain spin on the ball to make it go when they go to the rack. I I don't disagree with you on that. I don't. But I feel like Trey is, like, he got all three levels right now in his second year. And, like, the things that he needs to improve on is being a better leader, which is expected from a young guy, um, being a better team defender because he'll never be a better individual. He'll never be a, a individual player. So, like, that's up to the organization to surround him with players that can compliment him on the defensive end because he's not ever going to get there just because of his size. Look, think uh, think but, about this too. Like one, one thing I wanted to say is like with with Trey Young, he's averaging fucking thirty and ten right now. That's like yeah. damn near as much as a person can average. If we're being real, like his ceiling as a scorer can't be much higher than this. Like what it can go, maybe thirty five, maybe twelve, thirteen assists on a good year. So you're already seeing the max production out of Trey Young, and you're a losing basketball team. It's not like that team is without talent. They have some pieces on that team. They're not like super good, but they're still in the East. 
Name some talent for me, bro. On that team? Yeah. Cam Reddish got talent. He struggled in the in his beginning He's of the season, rookie. but think about it. That that's also from the, the point guard being the leader, putting him in positions to succeed. But he's he's a rookie. Like a, a point guard can't really put a, Kevin, a guard, a two guard in positions to succeed if he's not making shots. Like that that's the way you give me the ball open and you make you missing your jumpers. Kevin Herter can play. And he's a spot yeah, up he's, shooter. He's been injured majority of the season. Kevin Herter, DeAndre Bembry can play. Off the bench, he's a bench player. He scores in, on on the bench. John the Collins is twenty and ten. He missed twenty five games. I understand that's why their record was bad this year. But I'm saying even when they yeah, were both yeah. on the floor, they don't have a winning record. Well, last year he was a rookie, and last year we didn't even know John Collins was capable of scoring eighteen points in the NBA. So like that that's different. Like they don't have they don't have a mixture of uh, experience and veteran leadership like Memphis has. Like, Memphis, m- most of Memphis' main contributors are young guys, aside from like Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what I'm saying is they have experience. If they don't have veteran leadership, they got experience. They got a good coach. Uh, the coach for Atlanta Hawks, we don't we don't know if he's proven or not. Mm-hmm. Like, and and everybody knows the reason why this bubble is popping off is because don't nobody believe in Memphis actually making it to the playoffs. <laughs> Like, Look, you, now you going yeah. low. You going low. <laughs> like you, you're gonna see that the, the the tide is gonna shift in a year or two, simply just for the fact that Atlanta's gonna be winning games. They're I feel like they'll be a playoff team in a year or two. Um, they're gonna be in the East, so he's gonna make it every year. So the reason why I have him his ceiling being higher is because he's gonna be a, a winner. He's gonna be hitting game winning shots, and that's gonna that's gonna make him look more of a superstar than he already is, uh, even if he averaging twenty five and ten. Um, and then also, um, some of these young guys are going to develop. Who team and you think is more put together to succeed for the long haul right now as it stands? For the long haul, if these if these picks for Atlanta work out, they're gonna they're gonna be a playoff team for the foreseeable future. But we already Memphis. know the picks for Memphis worked out. Like we already know Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson are solid. We at, at worst they're solid. Yeah, but are they are they really a playoff team without the the injuries to Portland and the injuries to Golden State? Don't do that. They still got to go out there and win them games. They in the West. I understand, but uh, Portland hasn't been themselves. They they had a lot of injuries. Uh, even even uh, New Orleans Pelicans is a completely different team with Zion on the floor. He missed 30, 40 games. So, mm-hmm. like, you got to think about that. This Memphis team is being led by a young rookie, and he getting all the credit that he deserves because he's a great player. But, like, as far as an elite scorer like Trey Young, like John ja, ja Morant, don't even compare. Like, of course, his leadership is 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 far more superior than Trey Young's at the moment. But I, I feel Trae like you compare you comparing John Morant's rookie year to Trey Young's sophomore year because if we look at Trey Young's rookie uh, year numbers, they're damn near identical to John Morant's now. So I'm saying, no, yes, they are. They both average like 16 and eight. Bro, Trey Young averaged a dub. What are you talking about? As a rookie? Yeah. It wasn't yeah, it was no dub. It might have been like 19. Bro. <laughs> he ain't getting no dub. Now I'm looking at him right now. My boy was averaging 20 and 8 last year, bro. My nigga's elite, dog. I do remember last year he shot like 30% from the field, though. Bro. Bro was chucking see, everything. Bro. bro. I'm telling you, Trey Elite, bro. Yeah, he averaged, <laughs> he averaged 19. Point what? 19 and 8, 19.1. So it was like a barely 19. <laughs> it wasn't 20. Don't do that. 
<laughs> that 20 sound a lot better. That's the difference between Bro. Buddy Hill and CJ McCullum. CJ far more elite than, than Buddy. So look, now look, we're getting so caught up. Look, I'm telling y'all, we've been going back and forth. We didn't spend all this time on just the point guard position. <laughs> so shooting guard, my runner-up, I got Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um Luka Doncic is who I went with as the, the highest ceiling, but I know he's not really a shooting guard. It's just the position that they have him under. So, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is nice, but, I mean, is anybody really going to do what Luka's doing? Like, we, we know what his future is bright. They got a perfect scenario for him to, like, be successful in Dallas. So, who you got for your shooting guards? Bro, uh, I'm not even putting Luka on this list because he is a superstar. Like, these dudes, <laughs> it's already solidified, huh? Yeah, he is a superstar, bro. Like, I'm not even trying to put him on this list. Uh, so, my my runner-up was um, I I put um, Devin Booker and J- uh, Jalen Brown as runners-up. Uh, yeah, I like that. They I think that they're better players than the, the player I actually selected, but I feel like the ceiling is pretty high because he might, he might be winning. Mm-hmm. And uh, Devin Booker, he's just not winning. Like he need to go, he need to go east, just so he can get credit for wins. Are you going Donovan get, Mitchell? Get, yeah, no, I'm going to try Gil- Gilgis Alexander. Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I feel like. Uh, I mean, that's my runner up. So if I wasn't picking Luca, I get it. I, I would be mine then. I feel like his ceiling is uh is pretty high. Like he got potential to be a good defender. Um, he's super disciplined on offense for sure. Like yeah. he don't really just take a bunch of bad shots. He uh he crafty with the ball. He his bag is just crazy, bro. He's like, one of those. He, he he's one of those guys that like really impact winning. Like when he was on the Clippers last year, when that team shouldn't have made the playoffs, I think he had a large part to do with it. When he joined OKC, everybody thought they weren't going to be a playoff team. He has a large part to do with it. I think he should have been an All Star over Chris Paul this year. Oh yeah, I I, I agree, but you got to give it with Chris Paul because he was the leader for sure. So Chris Paul was actually leading that team. He probably instilled a little bit more confidence in Shy. But Shy, like you know what I mean, like he he one of the best finishers in the league, bro. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I feel like his jump shot could get a little bit better. It's, it seems pretty slow right now. Mm-hmm. Like if he can get a if he can get a quicker release, um, the hezzies that he have is gonna be way way more effective. Like he's gonna be shooting wide open jumpers because they scared of him getting to the basket. If he's like, I mean, I'm pretty sure he can do that now. But like, another, dude is uh, he, he elite for sure. Another young, another so. one of them Kentucky man. Another one of them Kentucky yeah. cats, bro. They got a lot of them. Um, he, but he from Canada, bro. Canada put <laughs> no. He put no for Canada, bro. So moving on to the small forwards, my runner-up, I got Brandon Ingram. Uh, we talked about him earlier in this episode. We already know what we're getting out of him. Super versatile, elite scorer. Took that next step this year and became the player that we thought he could be. Um, but my actual small forward is Michael Porter Jr. Um, the reason why I got him on there, I feel like Michael Porter Jr. has legit 30-10 potential. Um, I think he can grab 10 rebounds because he, he the games that I've seen him play, he comes in, and he's, like, one of our best rebounders when, when he hits the floor. Um, he's aggressive to the rim, and I don't know if it has anything to do with the speculation of him being soft before the draft, but um, when he goes out there, he's definitely aggressive. And one of the things I like about him is he scores efficient. Um, I think he's damn near 50-40-90 this year from the field. And when he plays well, we usually win. So I, I think with Michael Porter Jr., he's one of those guys that kind of has, like, I'm not saying he's going to be as good as Kevin Durant, but in his best year, he can put up Kevin Durant-type numbers and he could kind of have that same effect on the floor to where he can shoot over the top of everybody with that high release. This nigga said 30 and 10, bro. You crazy, Facts. bro. Tripping, dog. Facts. Hey, 
What you, what you over there? What you going over there, man? I said 30-10 potential. <laughs> I ain't saying he going to do it next year. I said give him about... If, if if he didn't have that major injury, uh, he probably would have hit the ground running and he would have been a totally different team. I yeah. feel like the Clippers dropped the ball. They had two picks in a row, and they could have got him with one of them. Like, they got Jerome Robinson instead of, I don't know, they had two picks in a row. <laughs> like, I would have got yeah. Shy, and I would have got MPJ. It's just like, yeah. because, because they had a team already, I would have just got him just because he was there. And if he would have been the project, he would have been a project. I 100% agree. agree. They did it with Brooke. They did it with uh, fucking Blake Griffin. Like, he broke his kneecap, yeah. and they used him in a project, and that shit was fucking uh, a project. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, for sure, like, 30 and 10. I, I don't see that, but definitely he, he is elite. Uh, he can shoot. Uh, he, he, he can play, like, all three levels. I don't really think he got a post game yet, but uh, he can shoot. He can finish. He can. He got mid-range, but, yeah. Who you got? Not that end though. I got my boy B.I. You know, I'm a huge B.I. fan. Uh, he was a Laker. I wish he was still a Laker, but, you know, we got Anthony Davis. Uh, so I got to just take that one. You got to measure um, a runner-up or as your, uh, your actual best? That's my runner-up. Okay. Yeah, that's my runner-up. Um, I feel like he still has superstar potential. Uh, he, he could, uh, he, he, he's committed defensively. Uh, he, you know, uh, just the size and stuff like that don't really allow him to, to be super elite defensively, but he definitely puts the effort uh, defensively out there. Uh, he can shoot, improve the shooting a lot. Um, he's he's improved the finishing a lot. Like, he he, uh, he he got it all, man. Like, I feel like uh, he underrated as a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, end of the ball, he can do it all. But, of course, like, the future uh, or the small forward position goes to Mr. Tatum. The dude Ooh. can do it all offensively, man. Uh, he don't really have a weakness in his game offensively. Uh, I feel like I don't really see him finish at the rim a lot because he set up for a lot of jumpers, but I know he can finish, and I know he explosive too. Uh, he plays defense. Um, I, I don't know if his defense is he getting credited for him being on a great defensive team, which is why he is a better defender right now than Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can he can defend. He's not scared of the moment. Um that's, that's the difference. Uh, I feel like uh, Brandon Ingram hasn't really shown that he's not afraid of the moment yeah. in, in, like, current situations. He ain't playing no meaningful games like that, though. He, he hasn't. He hasn't. And uh, Tatum, Tatum just getting that experience his rookie year has definitely catapulted his progression. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, for sure, he got, he got a handle. He can shoot the three. Um, he, shit, he was shooting 50% at one point in his career from the three-point line. So, yeah. he, he lead, man, for sure. He, he definitely the best small forward. Uh, for years to come in the outside NBA. of like yeah he, he's already there knocking outside at the door of, outside of the OGs you yeah know I mean? he's knocking at the door yeah outside of the better stuff of course we talking about future players so let's rip through these last two positions power forward I actually had mine mixed up a little bit I remixed it um, I put Jason Tatum as the um, my best actual highest ceiling for a power forward just because he actually plays power forward for the Boston Celtics um, and I feel like that's going to be his role for a while because I don't think he's going to be moving anytime soon um, so I put him there. My runner-up actually is Zion Williamson. I think Zion is going to be one of the best players in the league, but I think Jason Tatum is going to have a lot more success playing in the East. I think Jason Tatum is in a better position to do what he's doing now and improve on that and keep winning games and putting up big numbers. Um, I think Zion Williamson being in the West is going to impact him a little bit, um, but I do think he's going to have a great career too. He's another one of them 30-10 guys. I think he could get 30-10. He'll probably hover around nine rebounds for most of his career, but I think Zion could average 10 if he wanted to. Um, 
Hey, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, that was a pretty good power forward. I, I really still see Jason Tatum as a small forward. And yeah, for sure. Forward once, uh, once they get rid of Gordon Hayward. <laughs> yeah. I, don't really, I don't see them resigning him. Mm-hmm. Or if he do, it's going to be like different. It's going to be a way lesser deal. Yeah. Um, my runner-up was Michael Porter Jr. <clears throat> okay. At power forward. Uh, I think I've seen him play power forward. He does. Sure you, a, you a Denver fan, so yeah, you know. he played forward. But, um, I think he had power forward. Like, he just got way too much height. Like, he made, like, what, 6'10 or some shit? Yeah, he like a logistics and He pushing 6'11". Yeah, so I already talked about his game on the last segment, you know. You know, so, I mean, on the the, the last position, uh, I pretty much talked about his game. So, uh, there's no explanation needed there. Um, my power forward is Zion. Um, I was Makes telling sense. you how elite he was. Uh, I was doubting. I was doubting. He was hating him. <laughs> Just hating on my dude, man. Um, my boy Zion, man. Uh, he 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 elite. Like he for sure elite, man. Like he can dribble the ball. I mean, he need to tighten up his handle a little bit. He can go coast to coast. He can pass a little bit. Uh, he that jumper looking solid. Amazing, amazing finisher. Amazing yeah. finisher. He super soft touch. He got crazy touch, man. Like and then he's super explosive. Nobody's stopping him. Like I think the NBA is definitely gonna gonna uh, hurt. With him, be, like if everything goes back to normal, with him being on the east, mm-hmm. uh, I mean him being on the west. If he was on the east, uh, they they got Luca on the west. In, in the future, for the future of the NBA, they got Luca on the west, and they got Trey Young, they got Zion, and, and uh, Giannis on the east. Like, cause a lot of people want to see Zion. Zion mm-hmm. is, is a He's box office. Yeah, for sure. So like, he gonna get all the views up. So and him being on the west, that's definitely gonna impact impact that a lot. But he he's still like what. Um, what, what time he on? Is he on Mountain Time? Who? Zion? Are they on Mountain Time? No, nah, they're not on Mountain Time. I think it's uh, Central. Central? Okay, I so I mean, he, they still play a little earlier than some of the teams, I guess. So, uh, but like, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, and then I feel like he got potential to be a good defender. Uh, he's not really a good post defender because he's short. But uh, help side defense, uh, really good. I feel like he could play the passing lane well, get a lot of fast break dunks. Um, and then like, he just raw offensively, man. He he don't really have a go to move besides just bulldozing himself to the back. <laughs> yeah, but it worked. Like yeah, he he's what Julius Randle tries he to is. be. Yeah, yeah. But like he just got the touch, man, and and, and he averaging like twenty three points off of just pure raw athleticism. <laughs> For he, real. He he reaping the benefits of uh, Drew and, and Zoe. Um, he he kind of impacting. Uh, kind of impacting the game for uh, Brandon Ingram because he, he crowding the paint. Yeah, no, nah, for sure. Ingram, he definitely taking away a, a element of Ingram's game. But, uh, I mean, if he develop a jump shot, which I'm pretty sure he will, he got good form. But the jumper is like, he need to he need to jump with it. Like, him not having, him jumping on, like, he just, like, fucking boast up on his tippy toes when he shoots that <laughs> shit. Like, he pushed that motherfucker up. Yeah, bro, he need to go ahead and work on that jumper, make it an actual jumper, and I think... Uh, the sky is the limit for Zion, for sure. And then you might as well just go ahead. What's your centers? What's your two centers you got? Uh, I got Bo Bo, man. <laughs> uh, they, they calling them. They calling them incredible. On, on <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm going. Ooh, Bo, look, look, look! Man. Look at Serge like, about to fight. <laughs> bro, he, bro, he, 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 crazy, man. Like, uh, I didn't really think his game would translate. Like I told you last night, I didn't think his game would translate to college. I was like, why are they not talking about him if he's supposed to be an All-American high school player? Yeah. But when I seen a couple games, the, the games I seen at uh, Oregon, I was like, bro, like, if he could, if he could really like 
you know, work on his skills and tighten up his handle. Like, I don't see nobody really stopping this in the NBA either. Like, if he played power forward instead of center. Yeah. Uh, like, bro, he can shoot. He can dribble. He can get to the basket. He got good finishing ability. He, he going to gain know, weight. Block shots. Yeah, bro. He he definitely is the future. But my, my, my center for sure is Bam Adebayo. Okay. Uh, you kind of put me Bam. You put me on the Bam. I'm going to give you that credit for sure. Uh, ever since you mentioned his name a lot more, I, I kept I kept the eye out for him. Talented, super elite defender. He is like the only player that I've seen that could kind of like, you know, contain Giannis besides yeah. the, the team defense that Toronto put on him. So he can contain Giannis. I actually watched the game where he pretty did a pretty good job. It was like the first game of the season. They lost in overtime. They saying that's Giannis' worst nightmare right now. They saying they pray they don't match up. For sure, man. Like he he could do it, man. He could he he could dribble. He he got. Nice touch around the rim. He's super athletic, smart player, high high basketball IQ, man. Like uh, Bam is Bam is definitely the future, man. Miami got a good one for sure. They got some killers over here, Miami. Yeah, I, I agree. I got I got Bobo too as my runner up. Um, pretty much for all the things you just said, super versatile, seven foot two, the sky's the limit. He can affect the game from a rim protection standpoint, uh, scoring standpoint. Uh, I know he's gonna be able to rebound. He just got to get some weight on him. But once he gets some weight on him, he's going to be a problem for sure because he has perimeter skills already that are, like, enough for him to get a, a, a shot that he likes on most occasions already. So that's only going to improve. Um, but the actual center that I got, I don't have Bam Adebayo as nice as he is. I got uh, DeAndre Ayton. I think uh, a lot of people forget about DeAndre Ayton just because Trey Young um, – you know what I mean? A lot of the young guys that you see coming out of that it's draft, even Jaron Jackson Jr., what'd you say? It's because he in Phoenix, but that's why people think That's about. exactly why, and because he just got caught up with some dumb shit earlier this year where he got suspended. Um, yeah. But with him, when I see him play well, like, even when he's... A lot of people don't know, and he's still pulling down 19 and 12. Like, when he plays well, he's unstoppable, and he has a big body. Um, I seen him show a little bit of a perimeter game at Arizona, um, and I've seen him even show a little bit of it so far in the scrimmage. He had a three the other night. Um, so I think with, with DeAndre Aiden, with the size that he has, with there not being a lot of big men that kind of play like a real big man, um, I think he's definitely going to have a, a, a lot of big nights in the NBA for years to come. So I agree. Definitely, definitely. Well, look, let's go ahead and move on to the last topic of the day. Uh, quarter number four, we're going to talk about the NBA award picks. We're going to make our announcements. We've been talking about it for months, uh, but the time has come now for us to make our, our final pick. So uh, stick around, you guys. Let's go ahead and jump into the final quarter of the day. Welcome back, everybody, to the final quarter of the day, the final round, shall I say. Quarter number four, and we are talking about the NBA awards. This is our award ceremony that we're going to be giving out. Um, pretty much MVP, Sixth Man of the Year, Coach of the Year, uh, all of the major NBA awards. We're going to go through those together and make our uh, respective picks. Uh, I know with these, we've kind of talked about in the past, and we don't see eye to eye on a lot of them, so definitely should be some uh, interesting picks here. Uh, but we'll go ahead and start off with the all-rookie first team. So, um, RJ, uh, you go ahead and tip this one off, and then I'll go after you. All right, so um, my all rookie first team, um, it's got. I gotta go with Ja for sure. Um, although Zion ain't play a lot of games, I definitely gotta put Zion on there. It'd be crazy not to. 
Um, I gotta put Kendrick Nunn on that thing. He been he been representing for the G League niggas. No. Uh, <laughs> dude got game, bro. God he blessing nice. all the G League niggas. <laughs> yeah, man. He, he putting on. He, he he giving them niggas hope. Um, I gotta go with my boy Kobe. Uh, my boy Kobe White, definitely a first teamer, man. He got game. Um, I'm excited about uh, his progression, bro. Like I think Kobe is a killer. I love players that got that that Russell Westbrook mentality, man. He definitely one of those. Yeah, dudes. he's aggressive as fuck. And um, I put RJ because just because he was averaging you know fourteen points a game, but like I, I really want to go with Matisse Thybul because like, mm. I feel like he he just that he that impactful on the defensive end. Like I feel like you know that that could that could earn him a first. And then on top of that, his team is in the playoffs. But like of course they're gonna go with scoring, so I'm just go with basically what the media gonna put. They they're gonna put RJ there. Okay. Okay. So I got, for my all-rookie first team, I actually got Ja Morant. Um, same there. I don't, I don't think you can put anybody else there. <laughs> um, I got Kobe White in the backcourt, too. Turned up in the second half of the season. Had multiple 30-point games. You really saw the full potential of what he's going to be able to bring to the table for the Chicago Bulls. Um, I got yes. Tyler Hero in here, too, in my first team. Um, I feel like him and Kendrick Nunn average similar amount of points. He comes off the bench, though, and I actually think he's more important to that team than Kendrick Nunn is. Um, later in games, they draw a place for him to make shots. Um, I just think he's a little bit more important with his time than Kendrick Nunn is. But no disrespect, because I know what he's doing. So I, I, I don't think it's wrong to have Kendrick Nunn in the first team, but I decided to go with Hero. Um, and then for Zion, of course, I got to have him in that lineup. Uh, but I got Eric Paschal from uh, the Golden State Warriors, another guy who had a lot of big scoring nights. Um, he was one of the few bright spots for Golden State this year. Um, put up a lot of points, was able to grab rebounds. One of those Villanova cats, so you know he's going to come in to the NBA as if he's been playing in the NBA for four years. They play like veterans as rookies. So um, that's mine. I was tempted to put Rui Hachimaru on there. Um, I was tempted to put R.J. Barrett on there and, of course, Kendrick Nunn. But I think those guys kind of got hot early and, and kind of tailed off. Um, but I think these guys that I mentioned, I feel like they've kind of been consistent throughout and I think they kind of kicked it up a, a second notch in the second half of the season. I, I agree, um, for sure. Uh, I definitely forgot about Eric Pascal because the Warriors <laughs> been so crazy. For real. That was a good one right there. I, I, I can't even lie. Eric, Eric has been balling, and they got they got a def, they definitely got somebody to come off that bench uh, for Golden State. Yeah, for sure. All right, so all all defense first team. I'll go ahead and lead the way with this one. Um, at the guard spot, I got Ben Simmons. Um, I think that goes without saying. We both know how, how pivotal he is on that side of the ball. Uh, Marcus Smart, I got him on there as well. Heart and soul of the Boston Celtics, one of the best defensive teams in the league. I was tempted yeah. to put Chris Dunn on here, but he got hurt. Chris Dunn and Jonathan Isaac, those are two guys that I wanted to have on here, but they got hurt, and I feel like it. I couldn't put them on there, especially because their teams aren't like top teams. I think Marcus yeah. Smart and Ben, ben Simmons – are asked upon to have a heavier workload just because their games actually mean something. They're going against the top players. Um, and then I got Jimmy Butler on there, too. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Jimmy Butler is leading the league in steals this year. Um, but I got him on there. That Miami Heat team is – they go as he goes. And on the defensive end, he's always on go. Um, so I definitely got him in there. And then for the final two, Giannis Antetokounmpo at power forward. And then I got Anthony Davis at center. Um, Twin Towers definitely holding down the paint. They've been pivotal for their teams, two of the best teams in the league, and it's a huge 
tribute to their defensive effort. Okay, all right. Um, I can't disagree with you on those picks. Um, Motherfuckers, mad uh, logical, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you can't really, you can't really argue that. Like, I mean, I think that the media is gonna go with like who winning more, so that's yeah. gonna be factored. Uh, my my uh, picks are uh, I got Ben Simmons there. Uh, I think that he showed a lot of what he could do as a, a on ball defender, and then of course uh, a help defender as well. He just he just make plays defensively, offensively. He's just a playmaker. Um, and then I got I got I got a Patrick Beverly. Uh, okay. I put him. I give I give him the nod over uh, Marcus Smart. Okay. I feel like Patrick Beverly. Uh, is the identity of the Clippers like defensively? Like when you think about it defensively, like his his personality is is all over that defense. Um, I feel like they gritty, uh, they tough, um, and they don't they not backing down. Like I feel like he definitely is a representation of all those things. And I feel like in in big moments he make big plays. Like on Christmas he had that strip LeBron. against LeBron. I was a big play. Yeah. Um, he he died for the loose balls. Um, and and he he you know he aggravates your best player like whether whether it's a defensive tactic or not like or a defensive stat like him getting under the skin of your best player and actually not backing down from a challenge I felt like he was snubbed of all defensive teams last year he should have definitely made a team um, but I, I think for sure he he deserves this uh, just because the Clippers are second second best in the West I believe uh, top five team in the NBA um, one of the top. Uh, it's a, they're a top five defensive team as well, um, and I think it's because of his leadership on the defensive end for sure. Like um, they wouldn't have brought him back if he didn't make an impact, and he definitely does, and he definitely agitates a lot of players. Um, and it might the numbers might not show up for it, but definitely the effort, uh, the defensive tenacity is always there every single night. He uh, got he the big moments. Is. He definitely got the big defensive moments that you remember too. Yeah, so he definitely. Um, a first team all defensive player, in my my opinion. Uh, I got um, Giannis up there. Uh, he a shot blocker. He chased down blocks like LeBron used to back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, he could stand in there and bang with bang with you too in the post because he, he got the size. Um, I got AD. Um, he is a tremendous defender. I didn't think that he would this, this impactful defensively. Man, um, I knew that shit since Kentucky. That's what I I always thought he was gonna be the best known for. Is his defense. I just thought I just thought he would block a couple shots, but I didn't know like high, how high of um, IQ that he has defensively. Like, yeah, he, he alters shots. He tells guys where to be. Like he's a leader out there on defense, man. Like it's it's uh, it's impressive to see, and it, it was a bonus for me as a fan of the Lakers to see that that aspect of the game is that that elite um, on that end. So like uh, he definitely surprised me there. I, I just thought he was just a shot blocker. Um, uh, with, you know, just getting the stats, but for sure he he is definitely uh, an elite defender. Uh, and then this one is um, it, it might be uh, a reach. <laughs> it, it, I'm not even gonna say it's a reach, bro. I don't think it's a reach. I feel like my my first team all defense. You better center, not say bro, Danny Green. Oh uh, no. Nah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going uh, Hassan Whiteside, man. Yeah, I thought about putting him on mine. I ain't even gonna lie. Bro, he he averaging. Over 10 rebounds. Yeah. He averaged about 12 rebounds, I believe. 3.1 blocks. Yeah, I saw that. Bro, like, he altering shots, bro. Like, it's just the whole team defensively, like, it's, it's a, he, he kind of pick up a lot of fouls because they don't really have their – they didn't have a full team. And, yeah. You know, people just get a basket at will against them. Uh, but, man, shot blocking is elite. 
Uh, He's he not really a good offensive player. He just, he's just not. But defensively, like, he is a, a, it's a complete 180 when he get on that defensive end, man. Like, he, he turned into an all-star on defense. Um, I think he just definitely deserving of a first-team all defense. I don't think Portland's going to bring him back unless it's on a lesser deal. Um, but for sure, man, he, he definitely impacted and, and helped, helped him win a couple of games uh, this year with his defensive impact. Uh, he definitely, you know, changing shots at the rim. Hey, on a side note, just for clarity for the people to hear, because you were trying to make it like a nigga was out of his mind. Trey Young averaged 19 and 8 as a rookie. John Moran is averaging 17.6 and 7. That's the same shit, bro. They're doing the exact same thing. And if anything, it's even worse because Trey Young shoots more threes. So he should be averaging he's way a, more. <laughs> he a better shooter, bro. And, and John Moran is that much more. He's a volume a, shooter. Athlete. Bro. Trey Elite, bro. You leave he that is. man wide open, he knock is. it down. Like, so, I, I think you underestimating his ability to come off screens and stuff like that, too. Like, he just don't have another playmaker on the team. Well, who you got on your All-NBA first team? Is he on your All-NBA first team? Trey? Yeah. Yeah, he... <laughs> nah. I think... Uh, nah. <laughs> look, bro, my first team, no, of course not. Like, but he could probably make third team. Nah. Probably, bro. I mean, from a statistical standpoint, yeah, but, like, nah. <laughs> you can't put him bro. on there with, with the point guards that's really playing for something. He just, on a bad team, getting a lot of shit off. I'm just saying, bro. I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, Kyrie was on a couple all-NBA teams that he probably might not have gotten if he wasn't It's, it's possible. It's possible, Consider, I mean, he was an all-star starter, so it's not out the question. He was an all-star starter, and he averaged 30 and 10, bro. Like, that's that's ridiculous. That's, that's crazy. Player. I wouldn't be surprised if he 13. But my all-NBA first team, um, uh, I'm going with um, Giannis. You know, uh, Giannis is definitely... Got to. You you got to put him on the impact winning. He played defense. Like, he's an all-around player, man. He, he good. Um, I think this might be the easiest one. Uh, and then I go, I'm going with Braun, of course. Got to have Brown on there. Uh, the man changing his game this season. Wash King. Wash King. He need to he need to tone it down a little bit on the hashtag. Yeah, you got to like, take my like, boy phone. He, he, he bragging a little bit too much. Like he was talking about prior to the uh, scrimmage game. It's not just a scrimmage to me. Like <laughs> I've been bro, ready. Like <laughs> nah, man, like just play basketball. We don't need all the extras, bro. Like you, <laughs> we know you 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 one of them goats. Uh, my boy Luca's first team. Uh, that's that's easy. Uh, Luca first team all day, in my opinion. Um, this one might be uh, controversial, but I'm going with AD as a first teamer. Uh, he on the best team. He's leading the team in all categories except assists. Um, he first team, bro. Like you lead him one of the best teams in statistical categories except assists. It's, that's like first team type shit right there, in my opinion. And my last person uh, to go on first team, um, I wanted to go with Dame. Because, like, I feel like he just solidified himself as the best point guard in the NBA this year. But I, I couldn't go with Dane just because he didn't have the wins. Yep. I had to I had to put my boy James on there. Wait, yep. Yeah. Fucking historical numbers, man. Um, him, and, him and Russ, a lot of people doubted that they would work. I think that they are working. They was finding their stride prior to the, uh, the COVID uh, pandemic. You get ass a fucking big man. Yeah, man. They, they, that, was, that, was, that was the biggest mistake that they made. It's definitely getting rid of. Uh, a big man. And uh, they had a solid one who didn't even need the ball. 
Yeah, bro. That was that was a mistake. They shouldn't have paid him that much money, but they definitely shouldn't have got rid of him. Uh, that's why they had to get rid of him, I guess. Uh, so you got Luca, James, LeBron, Giannis, and AD. Yeah. Yeah, I got the same one. <laughs> we can move on. Uh, rookie of the year, I got John Moran. Who you got? Rookie of the year, man. I'm going with the controversy, man. You going, going Zion? Man. Nah, you can't do it. <laughs> Bro, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. How many? Okay, look. You, you, do you really think that his numbers wouldn't be the numbers that they are right now had he started the full season? Do Do I think Zion would be right. averaging 23 if he had the whole season? What, okay, like let's say if if anything, what what would be his averages? Like tell me. I feel like it'd be similar to what it is now. I feel like this is not a fluke what his averages are. I think he really would average that. Yeah, bro. I feel like he played enough games to to show for it to that not be started. a small sample size. Um, and and, and some of them games he was on a minutes limit too. Yeah, bro. Yeah, man. Like I, I definitely think uh, I think he the rookie of the year. Everybody was waiting on him to do it. Ja has definitely surpassed expectations. And he be a great leader, uh, as he should be as a point guard. But man, Zion, man, off just the raw talent alone, man, like it's something that you've never seen before. Like he averaging more points than Blake Griffin, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony. Like, bro, he's doing crazy numbers as a rookie, and it's it's super easy. He's not even shooting jumpers, bro. Like, <laughs> that on, that that rookie of the year got to go to Jado. Ja- I mean, I I, I I agree that, I, and I know that it's gonna go to Jado. But I'm just, to. To make the, I'm just trying to make the case for Zion, bro, because he he elite, bro. Like he 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 up there, bro. He on the verge of superstar status already, man. 20, 23, 24 points. Like really any place being ran for him. Like, come on. And I think with, with him kind of like having the luxury of being eased in, because yeah, he had the injury, but it was still kind of like working his way back in. John Moran had to take hold of the, the franchise from day one. And he, bro, he it'd be it'd, it'd be a lock, bro. It would have been a lock. They would have been eighth place, probably ninth place. Who the Pelicans? They, they they, the Pelicans would have had like at least eight more wins for sure with Zion playing. I can't give Zion an award though of hypotheticals. I understand that, but I'm just making a case on <laughs> the impact that he's had in these short amount of games. Is like if you go with him for the the uh, rookie of the year, you you're not wrong. Like, don't give it to Ja just because he played more games than he played the season. Like, nah, Ja did his thing. Ja had some viral moments. Ja was like, Ja, in terms of like players just being mentioned, he got the respect of the OGs and the young cats right now. Okay, bro. And the length of day, and the length of day, uh, mixtapes for the season is the same amount of minutes. I'm, I'm, I'm guaranteeing you that. Who? If you make a mixtape for Zion's rookie year, it's gonna be ten minutes, just like Ja Morant says. Oh, you saying he had that much highlights? <laughs> yeah, bro. He got viral moments, bro. He. He missed a viral, dog. Like, come on, man. Zion is the rookie of the year. Uh, to the to the the motherfuckers that know, and Ja, ja is a gamer, of course. So the media is just gonna vote him in because it's the right thing to do. You gotta give it to Ja. Exactly. Not, not not Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn said he should win it. <laughs> yeah, he's smoking. Yeah, <laughs> he's throwing them gummy bears that uh, Dion had. Yeah, he on some shit. Yeah. And then um. Hey, bro. So moving on to the next one, man. We'll we'll go coach of the year. Um, my coach of the year, I was torn between uh, Taylor Jenkins for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I was also torn between Budenholzer just because they've been dominant all year. Um, but I decided to go with Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat. 
I think that team has exceeded expectations. I think the way they've developed their players, I think the situations that they put their players in to succeed um, is a large doing to Eric Spoelstra. He hasn't had a lot of talent since LeBron left, and he keeps figuring out a way to at least get them into the playoffs. But he's found something now to where they're not just a playoff team. This is like a competitive squad. So I think he definitely deserves Coach of the Year because they're already being talked about as a team that could potentially make it out the East. And at the beginning of the season, we didn't even know if they were going to be a top-tier Eastern Conference team, you know? So I, I think Eric Spolscher definitely deserves it because he, he's always making something out of nothing. Um, I might have to disagree with you on the Eric Spolscher thing. I feel like he got championship uh, experience. He's been in the finals four years, so he got to make the playoffs. He got a superstar now. Um, so like Jimmy uh, Butler is like, not a superstar. He a max player, bro. He not a superstar. He's he's not, but he's a max player. <laughs> Don't say it like that though, because you're gonna say it and you know he's not a superstar. <laughs> he, he a max player. He an all star. Yeah, he's he's, he's legit. He he's almost a superstar. I'm not even gonna say that. Like this year is probably his best year ever, but it still wasn't superstar level. I mean, yes, I agree. But like he he has an all star. He got a go to score. And in the fourth quarter, he could be a superstar, bro. He turned it on in the fourth quarter. I give you um, that. My, my runner-up was Frank Vogel. Uh, because oh, my, That was my runner-up. I'm not I'm not saying that that's the winner, bro. Come on, dog. He was under a lot of pressure and scrutiny prior oh, to this Oh, my season. God. <laughs> I'm going to play uh, just a violin in the back. He had every... Bro, he had every... every uh, like every, He was set up for failure, bro. Like, he was set up for failure. They hired a, a fucking assistant coach, Jason Kidd, who they paying the most money to an assistant coach ever. Uh, LeBron is on his team. Um, a lot of people didn't like the signing. It was it was scrutinized heavily in the media, bro. Like, the niggas was talking shit about us, everything that we did. <laughs> and, and he had the best record in the league for a couple of weeks, and he was on his way to getting the best record in the league because Giannis was hurt, and we would have, you know, won a couple... I think we would have finished the season, like... We would have probably lost three, four more games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he probably would have finished with the number one overall record. They was projected number five during the season. Um, he's definitely the runner-up, but I, I got to give it to uh, Billy Donovan. He's been criticized as a head coach uh, for sure. Uh, they definitely surpassing expectations. Once Russell Westbrook right there, they, they put that team in the lottery. Uh, and they might be pushing for the fifth seed, bro. Like that that's He's surpassing expectations. I feel like... What he's doing on the on the West is more impressive than what Eric Spoelstra is doing on the East. I feel like their I feel like their um, their situations are pretty similar, similar. But Jimmy Butler is a better player, like ability wise and impacting you know, defensively and offensively, like than Chris Paul is. Chris Paul is year sixteen or year fifteen. Uh, I think he came in 04, I believe. I think he came off five. If it was 05, he's in 15 then because Bron is 17. He's, 15, he's in year 15. Jimmy Butler's in what, year fucking 10 or something? Yeah. Shit? Like, nah, bro. Like, you got an old ass nigga in Chris Paul. You don't have no legitimate threats offensively. You got a, a solid bench, but you're making it work, bro. Like, he, he bringing that team together. They being coached um, to the best of their ability, bro. Like, they definitely surpassing expectations. My, like, issue with Billy no Donovan, my issue with Billy Donovan, though, is that team. They they they're gonna lose in probably the first round, depending on who they matchup is. Like they're not gonna make no noise. I don't think I'd be surprised if they do, but they're not gonna make bro, no they noise. They like, match up. They match up nightmare for some teams on the East. Like I feel like they matched up really well against uh, OKC. They 
not OKC, but Boston. They beat them in Boston before the pandemic was over. They remind me of that Denver Nuggets squad that used to have like Gallinari. They had Raymond Felton. They had all them dudes that they had traded to New York. Wilson Chandler. They remind me of that squad, just like a whole bunch of bodies that can do a lot of shit, but like they're not really gonna beat anybody when it comes down to the top teams. But I mean, he he he's exceeded expectations. I give you that. And if you I mean, was if you was to tell me that they will be in the playoffs, and you were to tell me that the Heat will be in the playoffs, I think I would more so believe the Heat being in the playoffs than the, the Thunder at the beginning of the season. But I do think the Heat. Um, they just have another level to their team. I think they can go further, which is why I think Spolcher believes. I believe he deserves. Well, yes, it. they're definitely because of they on the East. But like we, this this is based on the season. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the, the future, like that. That definitely don't have anything to do with it. Like they're not going nowhere because they're on the West for one. But they definitely because they've set a team in the first round. Like, I think they could be Houston. They could um, be Houston. Yeah, they could be Houston. Like, I, I feel like he did a good job, and like this team is like they. They they got the these pieces fit. Um, they they pretty much respecting them as a coach. They're not like you know blowing them off like you know some teams kind of turn it back to the coach and do their own thing. And mm-hmm. I feel like that team is close knit. I feel like Chris Paul is uh, changed the tune on on, on uh, you know what's being said about him in the media. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's not a bad teammate. Um, he definitely uh, he definitely changed that narrative about him. Uh, with this season, like he changed it all around. He all he's the good guy now, and it's it's cool to see. You know what I mean? Like he's been one of my favorite players before he went to the Clippers, and now I'm I'm excited to watch him play again because they're doing good things over there in Oklahoma. I feel that. I feel that. All right, most improved player. Um, I'm sticking. I, I'm staying in Miami. I got Bam Adebayo as my most improved player. Um, super leap last year is averaging like nine and seven. Took that up to sixteen. Said eleven and five, still giving you five assists. He's a playmaker. Everything that you alluded to earlier about his game, super versatile. He is the the person who I think that takes the Heat to the next level. I think Jimmy Butler is more suited to be like a go to scorer, but Bam is the guy that makes them dangerous, in my opinion. So I got him as the most improved player. Um, my runner ups, I had Devontae Graham, but I felt like with the Hornets not reaching much success and him kind of tailing off towards the second half of the season, um, I couldn't have him. I seen some people saying Brandon Ingram, but I think Brandon Ingram had a solid year last year, and he just had more opportunities, so this was kind of like bound to happen. Kind of the same thing with Jason Tatum too. So I thought Bam Adebayo probably made the most sense, um, and that's why I went with him as my most improved player. Um, <clears throat> that's a good one, actually. Uh, I-, I can't disagree with that. That's that's a really good one. Um, my runner-up um, is. As stupid as it is, my runner-up was Luka Doncic because he just made a... a he went a crazy. crazy yeah, he went crazy. He went from 20 to 30, bro. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, he went from, he went from like, a budding all-star to a superstar. Yeah, in year, bro. that don't happen. Two, the nigga, I don't even think he's 21 yet. Like, he's not. <laughs> that's crazy, bro. Yeah, he, he a monster out there on the court, bro. He, he, he really a problem. Like, he a problem for sure. Um, but my, my winner uh, that I had... Uh, was definitely my boy uh, Ingram. Okay. Um, I had Devonte Graham on there too, but uh, they just didn't win enough. Their team is just complete garbage. Um, all you got to do is solidify yourself as the best player. You don't get the green light over there. Yeah. And that's what he did. But he definitely improved though. Like I, I, did, I didn't see. I, I see. I didn't think that he had a future in the NBA. Like, yeah, I, I didn't either. I thought he would be like Frank Mason. Yeah, I thought he would like fizz out. Um, I thought Frank Mason had a better chances. Me NBA too. Than he did. 
Um, so he definitely surpassed expectations by even just being in the league still. Uh, but he definitely now is an NBA player. He he stamped that. That's a um, he, yeah starter role for sure. Yeah, my 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 winner though is definitely uh, Brandon Ingram. Um, just just off of the, the the tweaks, and I and I I, I I would give the credit to the development and, and the, the coaching staff of uh, New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans, yeah, man, like they they instilled the confidence in him. Uh, he didn't have an off season because uh, he was he was coming back from the blood clot thing. I hope that he don't have to deal with that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew he always had the talent, but it was something that that wasn't being uh, put, like he just wasn't able to put it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started to find his, his he, was, he started to hit a like stride towards the end of last season before uh, the injury. But um, I feel like he 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 tuned his game up in a matter of weeks. Uh, they tweaked the shot a little bit, and it's it's showing in his uh, three point percentage. Um, he is he went from uh, fucking not even being considered one of the better players in his draft class, like, as far as, like, being overlooked by Jalen Brown and mm-hmm. Ben Simmons and things like that, in, in some cases, not yeah. all. Um, to now being an author in the West, bro, like, that's, that's impressive. That's major. That's major. Uh, author in the West, I, I give that a slight nod over an all-star in the East for Bam Adebayo. That's why I didn't even consider that. I can feel uh, that. I can understand that. But for sure, man, like, uh, he got a lot of confidence. His jump shot looked way better than it did before. His playmaking is a little bit better. His effort on defense has always been there, but he's getting a little bit more production out of the, um, out of the defense. And uh, they actually looking for him. Like, I always thought that he was a good player. I feel like he probably could have averaged 20 last year if we had a better coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to put him in positions to, to succeed, and I feel like he's in those positions now. So. I feel you. For sure. All right, so we went through rookie of the year. We went through most improved player, coach of the year. So all that's left now is six man of the year, defensive player of the year, and MVP. So um, as far as six man of the year, I got Dennis Schroeder. Um, we kind of talked a little bit about OKC and that three-headed monster they got at the guard spot with Shea Gilgis, Dennis Schroeder, and Chris Paul. Um, Dennis was a beast. Got a lot of um, clutch plays this year. Um, he was the recipient of, I remember vividly that game where Steven Adams Chucks it full court against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and uh, Dennis Schroeder catches the shit with one hand and lays it up to send it into overtime. OKC is one of, I think they're the clutchest team in the league. Most wins um, in the clutch, and that's a large part due to Dennis Schroeder and the leap he took. After he left Atlanta, I didn't know if he could find another role in the league, um, but he's found a home at OKC. I like what he brings to their team. Yeah, um... I I, uh, I I can't disagree with you on that one. Uh, that's a good pick. He was definitely in the uh, candidacy of the award, and I mean, if he get it, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but my pick of who I think is gonna win it, I think Lou Williams is gonna win it. But I think yeah. who deserves it is Montrez Harrell. Trez. Uh, I feel like I feel like it's hard to come off the bench as a big and be that impactful. Like I feel like he he embodied the identity that. That uh, Patrick Beverly had. He, he had, hella productive. He, he played hard. He a dog out there, um, and and like his impact on games, man. Like he shoot a decent field goal percentage. He averaging damn near twenty points, eight rebounds, seven rebounds. Um, uh, he just improved so much. Like he can put the ball on the floor now. He a threat, man. Like he a, he a real problem out there. Like and to come off the bench as a big and, and, and make an impact like this and being an undersized big. Is impressive, man. He can, he can knock down like a mid-range once in a while if he's wide open. Uh, he can get to the basket. Uh, he can finish. He good uh, 
um, good around the rim, tipping balls and getting putbacks and stuff like that, catching out of oops, um, toughness. He got it all, man. Like that's everything you want off a out of a player coming off the bench. He giving you way more than anybody that I can remember as a big coming off the bench. Like he, he doing it all, man. He really. He really a problem, he's in that conversation every year with Lou Williams, so you can't go wrong if you pick either one of them. So I feel that too. Uh, defensive player. Oh my bad. Go ahead. I think it's his time. Like he he deserved that. One. Yeah, he been in that race for like the last two years. Yeah. All right. So defensive player of the year. Um, with this one, I decided to to make LA proud. I went with Anthony Davis. Um, the Lakers have like the best defense in the league all year. One of the most dominant teams. He spearheaded that defense, uh, averaging two and a half blocks, still and a half. Like, that's numbers you don't see from a power forward. And just the that doesn't even show the amount of shots that he changes. Um, I think Anthony Davis is what makes this team championship contender. I actually think he's more important to the team than LeBron because late in games, he's the one that they go to, and he's their best defender. So um, I think LeBron is the best, like, leader, and he's the, the best floor general and most versatile but I think Anthony Davis is most important to the team just for what he brings. And I got him as my defensive player of the year. Uh, I mean, honestly, I got the same thing. So, I mean, for all the things that you said, um, and I also feel like I, I think he deserves a nod. A little over Giannis, I know a lot of the, the media is just going to look at the rebounding. I think Giannis is averaging 12 or 13 yeah. rebounds. And then he averaging nearly as many blocks as Anthony Davis. Uh, no, nah, he's only but at like, one. He's, he's only, he only averaged one block, one steal. I, I thought he averaged way more. Oh, okay. Well, shit. All the more reason. I feel like <laughs> Anthony Davis, he can guard fours and fives, and he can guard threes a little bit. He can get out there on the perimeter and still make a difference. Like, you're not just finna bust his ass like that unless you got, like, a cold step back. Because um, you're not getting around him. You get around him, you're going to block your shot as you try to lay it up. Like, Giannis ain't got that type of defense. No. He got, like, the, the help side, block your shot, and then if you, like, try to turn around and dunk on him, he's going to whoop that shit. Yeah. Uh I don't think I don't think he's a good one on one defender like as far as like in the post Just, like yeah. Anthony Davis is. Um and then I feel like um I feel like Anthony Davis rebounds are, are low because of the impact that JaVale McGree and Dwight Howard is having. So like yeah, and then Giannis's numbers are gonna be inflated because he's with a notorious horrible rebounder in Brooke Lopez. <laughs> Allergic to rebounding. Who got like a career average of between Four. five and seven rebounds a game. So like you know what I mean? Of course, his numbers are going to be, like, there because that's a big body moving people out the way, and Giannis just grabbed a rebound and go coast to coast. Like, he's making the game easier for Giannis in a, in, a, in a sense, and he also, like, helping him boost those stats. So, like, I think that the media, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to Giannis, but, like, if you just look at, if you just watch the tape, watch the games, that, that definitely Anthony Davis is making it, uh, a positive impact on the defense, and he changed the culture in, in, on the Lakers, for sure. I agree 100%. So that only leaves one more MVP award. I mean, I, I think just from the fans listening, I think y'all can kind of put together where he's going to go. Who you got as your MVP, man? Man, my MVP is Bron. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I'm telling you, dog. Uh, it, it's it's Bron, and I, I feel like even if you don't win it, I feel like the media is being disrespectful by saying that it's Giannis, like, in a heartbeat. Because it is. It's not, bro. And let me tell you why. I got Giannis for for the record, but go ahead. Let let me tell you why. Um, they, the records are similar. Um, they've played more games than we have, so of course they got more wins. Um, but the records are similar. 
Um, we're number one in the West, and they're number one in the East. The East is notoriously known to be the weaker conference, um, or it's famously known to be the weaker conference, I mm-hmm. should say. Um, uh, on top of that, the, the, the preseason projections, the, the Lakers were projected to be a 5C by ESPN. And the uh, Milwaukee Bucks was uh, a favorite to win the championship. And they was also favored to win the East. So their expectations are being met. The Lakers exceeded expectations. That's that's a little that's a little that that off that kind of works in Milwaukee's favor though, because you're the hunted and everybody knows that you're the team to, to go for with the target on your back, and you still have the best record and dominate in every statistical category. But as far as the Lakers, you kind of caught people off guard in that sense because you weren't no, supposed no, no, to no, be no. that good. The target is on the Lakers back. The target is on LeBron back because everybody, everybody tuning in, bro. Everybody. It's, Everybody watched Laker games just off of the strength of the Lakers' uh, historical franchise. And now that LeBron is there, that elevated it even more. So LeBron, Lakers, everybody know that, like, all the NBA players know, like, okay, everybody watching this game, I can make a name for myself if I beat the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. So everybody coming for the heads. Don't get me wrong. They, like, they, they just can't stop Giannis because he's seven foot tall running down the basketball court during Euros and getting away with a couple of travels. <laughs> Traveling uh, like a motherfucker, too. <laughs> but, but... But LeBron, bro, like he in year seventeen, he still got it offensively. He, he honestly, that's he that's my problem right there. You he, said it. I was took, waiting he, for you to say it. He took a step back offensively last year, and then this year he 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 take over in moments that he need to. Um, and then like he in year seventeen, and he's leading the league in assists. And it's like he's creating plays, and he's making he's making he's he's throwing people open. And. And he's like getting production from players that you don't really get production from. Like KCP was a laughing stock of the NBA the last two years as he was in jail and now taking shots. Mm-hmm. Kobe was known to walk out uh, on Kobe night when they retired his jerseys because KCP took a stupid shot against Golden State. But now, like KCP turned it around after a sluggish start, like the first six games of the season. Uh, he's been turning it on. Like he uh, he lead, he's got a great three point percentage. Uh, Avery Bradley shooting a pretty decent uh, percentage from the three-point line. Danny Green not really doing what he's supposed to do. His three-point percentage is not really – he's not really impacting the game on offense at all. Um, but you got to respect him as being an open shooter. But, like, they don't really have that many shooters on the team for him to be averaging 10 assists. Like, he's going to probably get five or six to AD, but you, you got to give him credit for averaging 10, almost 11 assists per game. Averaging a double-double in year 17, 26 points a game. Um and you can like, repeat it again, it ain't gonna change shit. <laughs> if he really wanted to, he, he could have probably led the league. I mean, led the team in scoring. But he he's trying to you know cater to Anthony Davis, and so he he's happy. But like like you know what I mean? Off of ability alone, he could definitely average more points per game. Giannis is the MVP, bro. It's like simple. I feel like what people that are making the case for LeBron are comparing Giannis to LeBron's year 17, as if LeBron should get the award because he's doing something that nobody has done. Bro, that's, that's a factor. No, it's not. Because this is... It's, it's, it's five years old and got the most basketball games played for a, a player. This that's season. impressive. He should receive a lot of praise, but not the MVP award for this season because he's old. Like, that has nothing to do with the award. Like, the award is given to the player who's most valuable to their team that year. If LeBron is in year 17, that's cool, but that shouldn't give him an extra leg up over Giannis because Giannis is younger. Like, that's dumb. Okay. So you take Giannis off of um, 
But the Milwaukee Bucks, they're well coached. I think they still make an AC in the East. You can't say you that because that team, that team's makeup is from Giannis. That team is only the people who are there are only there because of who Giannis is. They made bro, that the team. Bro, you take LeBron off, and with Anthony Davis, they, they're not making an eight seed in the West. If you take LeBron off, and you put him in a seven game series against the Bucks without Giannis, I'm taking the Lakers in a seven game series. Against the against the Bucks without Giannis. Without Giannis. In a seven game series, you still got Anthony Davis, who's a superstar that they're not gonna have an answer for. You still got Kyle yeah. Kuzma, who's gonna give you twenty plus yeah, without LeBron. But that, that that doesn't mean that they like y'all have talent. Players. But what I'm telling you is they have enough talent to make it to the playoffs in the East, and Anthony Davis alone is not enough talent to make it without a counterpart in the West in the playoffs. Chris Middleton it's is not carrying anybody to the playoffs, bro. It's like the way you the way you awarded your coaches of the years for exceeding expectations. How can you not? How can that not be a factor in your MVP discussion, bro? LeBron LeBron season high is 40, and Giannis averaged 30. He doing what his best performance was on a nightly basis. He averaged 14 rebounds, six assists. Like, that 10 assists is cool, but it's not like he passing the bums. Like, LeBron got people on his team that can make shots. He got people Ooh. on his... Ooh. Danny can Green make can't shot. make a shot. Yo, Danny Green Kyle Kuzma can't make a shot. Very, very Anthony Davis Kyle can't make Kuzma. a shot. Kyle Kuzma? He can make a shot. That's all he does. Bro, Kyle Kuzma hasn't been making shots, bro. He's shooting a very bad percentage from the three-point line, as well as Danny Green. That's they fault. Uh, the nigga that's that I what gave you an that's... example was KCP, bro. KCP, <laughs> come on, man. KCP is is somebody who's always had the green light to shoot. He's just making a few of them. Nah, bro. And I'm not saying LeBron not putting him in better position, positions to succeed because he is. He ain't had the green light since they had LeBron. You, you tripping, bro? You said green what? Light? You said he had the green light. Everywhere KCP is gone, he's taking way more threes than he probably should be able to. In Detroit. Nah, in Detroit, if you look at his numbers, KCP he was lost. In Detroit. Yes, he was, he was drafted to shoot. That's what I'm saying. He's always had the the green light to shoot. I'm not saying he makes it. I'm not saying he's a great and shooter. He's, and he's never produced. He hasn't. <laughs> That's okay, why he's on the exactly, Lakers. Bro. My point exactly. So you're, you're I, I'm not saying that LeBron didn't make him better. I, I get that he's a shooter. LeBron okay. is going to pass him the ball. But that don't win you the MVP because you're giving it to KCP in year I'm 17 not, I'm, I'm not, because they have bro, to worry about Dwight, AD, and same, LeBron. That's not the same reason why he deserves MVP. Giannis is averaging a double-double, and his, his rebound numbers are inflated because he's playing with a player that don't believe in touching the rebound. And LeBron's assist numbers are inflated because nobody else handles the ball. Like, you can do that shit either way. Who runs the offense aside from LeBron when he's in the court, when he's in the game? Rajon Rondo and Alex Caruso. They bring the ball up. They don't run the offense. Every once in a while, they will, but that shit is going through LeBron. Bro, even Avery barely initiate offense sometimes when LeBron not in the game. I said when LeBron is in the game. When LeBron is in the game, nobody else is touching the ball. He's handling the majority of the possessions, so you're going to have a lot of assists. You're not playing with bums. Even the players on the Lakers team are just finishers. Dwight Howard... Okay, if that's the case, then every, every, every starting point guard in the NBA would average close to 10 assists, and that's not even the case. That's the not true, because every point guard don't handle the ball as much as LeBron does. What, what point guard you know that's an actual uh, elite player that don't handle the ball as much as LeBron? An elite one that don't handle the ball as much as LeBron? A point guard? Yeah. Name one. Drew Holiday don't handle as much. He kind of play off the ball. Bro, you just named a nigga that didn't handle the ball as much. Like you, you, He's a point guard. 
Exactly. What, what did you expect him? Bro, he averaged 25 points. Yeah, what are you talking about? Damian Lillard, has, has, Damian Lillard is another one that plays off the ball assists. sometimes. He averaged six assists. But that's he not his role game. to be a facilitator. He's a scorer. Bro, his usage rate is pretty high. Who, Damian Lillard? Yeah. Yes, I know, but he's not there to pass. They offense is not an offense where he sets people up like a Trey. Like Trey Young is an example in, in, in Atlanta. Their offense is... Okay, bro. You're, 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 you're uh, taking the MVP away from a skill set that LeBron has. I'm taking what? It's a skill set that he's always had, and he's never led a team in assists in his career. And he's leading a team in assists in his career with the number one team, number one team in the Western Conference. Okay, and that's great. More, and he's had more stacked teams in his career. So what is that? You're saying that to say what? I'm saying that to say that this is an impressive accomplishment in which he's doing. 100%. But Giannis is dominating. Giannis even dominated. And they, bro, dominating what, bro? Like, he, he is the offense. LeBron has to share the offense with another elite player. Like, Chris Middleton is elite, like, as a, a runner perimeter. And he's averaging 22 a game, I believe. So, so you, you know Giannis is the sole person to worry about and you still can't stop him. Bro, he, on he a nightly basis. He could be stopped in the playoffs. <laughs> hey, good thing the MVP award is based off the regular season. <laughs> hey, Giannis for MVP. <laughs> bro, in a regular season? LeBron for the MVP? No, bro. How, bro you, you, how is he not? Huh? How is he not? I can tell, I can tell you how Giannis is not the MVP. How is Giannis not the MVP? How are you going to discount all the things that he did to make LeBron sound better because you're a Laker fan? Please tell me. It's not even that, bro. It's it's just the the MVP is deservedly. It's not. It's what I'm saying is, if LeBron wins, I'm making my case as to why he should win. I'm not saying that Giannis doesn't deserve it. It's a closer race than the media is making it out to be, for sure. Okay, I give you that. I agree with that. It's yeah. not. It's not just separating, but it's Giannis award. I'm I'm like sixty forty Giannis. But the numbers are historical because he's with niggas that are all, that don't rebound the ball like. Brooke and his brother don't rebound the ball, bro. They're terrible rebounds. That's Giannis is, they, they, they boxing out and letting Giannis get the rebound. Like, people did for OKC, uh, Russell Westbrook and OKC. That's the games. point that I'm saying, though. Like, they they made that team based off Giannis' skill set. That's the best. You know they're the best rebounding team in the league, right? They, they're number one in rebounding. So, obviously, they're doing something right. Yeah, yeah got, Giannis get on the Hey, look, y'all. It's been a wrap. <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> bro, this topic was supposed to last 15, 20 minutes. We are 43 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, man, it's been real. I'm glad you, you finally was able to get on here and talk some shit. You didn't do it well, but you tried. And I appreciate your effort, bro, man. You, you, didn't, you still didn't tell me why LeBron don't deserve the MVP. Bro. Because we're not, giving, we're not giving we not giving lifetime case. achievement awards out. We didn't even really make a case for Giannis winning the MVP. Come on. 29, 14, 6, best record in the league, number one in every statistical category. That's my case. MVP usually goes to the best player on the best team. It's that simple. Nah, bro, it's not. <laughs> it's that simple. Year 17, watch King, bro. Huh? Year 17, watch team. Yeah, he can surpass expectations, bro. He can go for the it's finals not, it's MVP. Not, it's not it's not Giannis's award to just be handed to. Hey, like, it's it's got to it's got to be a close race. Like if if Giannis wins and it's by a close margin, then I'll be like, okay, he, LeBron got the respect that he deserved. But it's like, come on, bro. 
Be- like years, he's in his he's in the seventeenth season, bro, and he's played basketball in the Olympics every year. Every bro, season. I don't he's care been. about none of that. It's this season. It's <laughs> dirt, bro, and, he, and he's still the best player in the it's NBA. It's impressive. He can go for the finals MVP, but he's not getting the regular season MVP. Bro, the Bucks have been like, dominant. This is like, like the Bucks have been dominant all year long. And all media people, like you gotta be real, bro. Come on now. We're going to do this shit all day. Hey, before we get up out of here, because I'm about to end this episode, before we get up out of here, uh, finals, make your pick. Who's going to make it and who you got and how many games? Um, I mean, honestly, I wish I could see some games before I make this prediction, but um, I'm going to have to go with uh, the Lakers versus Milwaukee. And um, I think that in seven games, the Lakers win. Okay. I got Clippers over Celtics. Um, in seven games, and I'm going uh, with Kawhi as my Finals MVP. I can't argue argue with you on that one. But it's been real, man. It's been another episode of the ISO Podcast, episode 30 in the books. Anything you want to say to the people before you get out of here? Uh, uh, I mean, I'm just uh, excited to be a part of the episode. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, you get more viewers with uh, each episode that you make, man. Um, you're doing a really good thing. Um, and you're chasing your dream, man, and I hope that, you know, you reach your goals. 100%, man. I appreciate that. I'm going to keep this thing going along. We're going to keep it pushing. And until next time, everybody stay safe, stay out of trouble, and thank you for tuning in to the ISO Podcast, the number one podcast for true basketball fans. Oh, before we get out of here, I didn't even introduce the Spotlight Track of the Day. Um, This song is off the Pop Smoke album. Um, What is this album called? Shoot Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. Uh, this track is called Snitching. It's Quavo, Future, and Pop Smoke. <laughs> you know, the, you, you you like this one, right? Yeah, it's all right. They give you the 40 years in the beginning of the track. <laughs> uh, 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 it's a good album, man. R.I.P. to Pop Smoke. R.I.P. to Pop Smoke, man. R.I.P. to the Woo. Once again, this song is called Snitching, and thank you guys for tuning in to episode 30 of the ISO Podcast. Peace. So you got the job doing Bro, what? I get paid to snitch now, nigga. It's really classified. I can't even really talk about this shit, my nigga. Oh, my God. I don't reason I'm telling you because you're my boy. But don't fuck with me. You see what I did to Roger. Uh, you seen what I did to Roger. 40 years. He had 40 years? 40 years, bitch. You didn't want to sign that plea? 40 years. Dang. Don't fuck with me. Selfish show. Who the blessed is My status. status, no, I'm not bragging. I'm not average. My bitch want a paddock. I bought her a whip and I told her stop nagging. Too much jury, my diamond is blasting. I bought it out back in. The club is packed in. You step in your city, we going in. Drop the top, let's blow the wind. Fuck the cops, we going big. Niggas out here hate the kid, cause I'm running up what I'm supposed to do. Uh, bitch, I'm a player. Nigga with trapping and chicken the mail. Yeah, look at my lips. Designing my jacket, I'm handing out bells. Yeah, these niggas dead. Soon as I said they wanna go tell. Yeah, the way that you play it. Niggas out here be working with 12. Damn, snitches. Niggas be out here snitching. Uh, damn, snitches. Niggas be out here snitching. Uh, snitches. Snitches. Niggas be out here snitching. Uh. Snitches, niggas be out here snitching, uh, dang They working, they clocking, they watching No stopping, no option, we ballin', we poppin', we gone Let's go, get money, get more, the show I got it, and it's playing it more on the boat Nigga, we came from the bottom, yes, it's time for the boss of the toast Me and the dog got colors, we putting diamonds on top of the chokers Fuck nigga coming in the lane, shit, we dropping them all like a floater
ain't gon' mention his name But if he do us like that, then it's over Damn, stitches Niggas be out here snitching, uh Damn, stitches Niggas be out here snitching, uh Snitching, stitching Niggas be out here snitching, uh Damn Smoke, look, pull up a memory, got Nina's attached Walk in the building, I shake up the room Fuck on your lady, no feelings attached Don't talk out your mouth, cause she holding the phone Yeah, yeah, walk in Then walk about it It's never a day I don't walk without it Shoot a nigga, never talk about it Cause these niggas be brats I had to shoot it in class I had them Nina's attached Fucking Rusty, I had them as bads If Quavo tell me, get him Then I'ma do the dance Yeah, dance I take off like a rocket Niggas be out here snitching, uh. Damn. Snitching. Niggas be out here snitching, uh. Snitching. Snitching. Niggas be out here snitching, uh. Damn. Niggas be out here snitching. Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown. Pick a town like a damn. Grown hearts, grown hearts. This is love, my style. Look at how my wrist glow. 250 just on the watch. Also on the block, I was serving vanilla. I called a wave and some mason majella. Bought him a water, but red up and dollar. Tell him McCartney, you came with a belt. Taking off just like a rocket, got racks in my pocket. I'm having my way with these hoes. Charlie in love with my diamonds. She love how they twinkle, she love how they kiss and they glow. Four for four like a melt on the stroke. One in the hit, 99 more to go. Winning and winning, pull up like a goat. Tripping on spillage and chill on the floor. Came from the gutter, this one from the broke. I'm evil, could neither these niggas some divas. I'm really having more hits than the Beatles. How was I trapping with keys like Alicia? I be finessing, my blood got a chief. Bought some new killers, I bought some new choppers. I'm on the block with the devil, I hang with the robbers. Any hoods, they go to treat me like God. Switch up the front for the visual. Just so you know that I'm spiritual. All of my money identical. Blue faces, blue faces, keep it 100. And when they woo shit, niggas gon' shoot shit. You ain't no woo, nigga. You ain't gon' do shit. Damn, snitching. Niggas be out here snitching, uh. Damn, snitching. Niggas be out here snitching, uh. Snitching, snitching. Niggas be out here snitching, uh. Damn. Niggas be out here snitching.